We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. to you it's 904 and it's disco thursday on mckayver mornings and for smithy who's back on monday 0800 that's 0800 and our temper bedpost text line is double eight double three hear that music just listen to that a little bit hear that music listen to it because this is probably what sunny bill williams and his crew were doing after what happened last night seconds for barry hall Absolutely smoked big bad Barry Hall did Sonny Bill Williams in the first round TKO. It wasn't even a contest and the intent which with Sonny Bill came out and destroyed Barry Hall. Uh, yeah, it deserves the wow. But the question of the day for you is, what now for Sonny Williams? Do you think after beating up on a 45-year-old, he is a genuine heavyweight contender that Andy Lee, Joseph Parker's trainer, Tyson Fury's trainer, thinks he could be? Have you been convinced? I think the one thing we have to ask about Sonny Bill Williams is this. He really, really is a different individual, both mentally and physically. So I think he defies, he defies all standard logic. 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. Do you think, do you genuinely think that Sonny Bill Williams is and could be a heavyweight contender down the path? I know it's thrown it out there, but let's think about it here on Disco Thursday on the Timber Bedpost text line, double eight double three or 0800 150 Coming shortly, we talk to Andrew Nelson, the Cricket World Cup CEO, the Women's Cricket World Cup CEO, uh, because guess what happened uh, yesterday? We talked about it late in the show, the big news, of course, the restrictions are off for crowds in outdoor venues. So will we see a bump in cricket sales? She'd probably be wishing right now that the White Ferns were a genuine contender uh, for the Cup. Uh, they got one more game against Pakistan, which you can hear live here on SENZ. Uh, speaking of that too, a little later on in the show today, we'll talk to the general manager of the NBL, that's Hugh Bainan, about how only outdoor venues have been given the free pass, whereas in the indoor situation, uh, sports can only uh, up to 200 people. So... How is he going to cope with that? We know he's got some news that he can't tell us a little bit later on about the women's game, but I'll try and press him anyway, just for the just for the hell of it. Uh, the other breaking news yesterday was Ash Barty, currently former world number one, was former world number one, current Australian Open champion, Wimbledon champion, and she calls it quits at age 25. 25 and 20 in the bank, that's 20 million in the bank, she's had enough. 
Has the love for the game gone for Ash Barty? We will ask Barbara Shett Eagle. I've worked with Barbara for about 10 years. She works for the biggest sporting broadcaster in Europe called Eurosport. Uh, she's seen Ash Barty play. She knows all about it. She's talked to her millions of times. We'll get, we'll get her hot take on what is going on with Ash Barty. Round three of the NRL. Don't forget Warren Smith from Fox Sport after 11 on what we can expect. It is a bumper weekend in the NRL. There is a lot to look forward to. And how could we forget, after 10 o'clock this morning, Kai Kara France out of Ohio. He takes on Asgar Askarov, who's number two in the that division, whereas Kai Kara France is sitting at number six. But the potential is, the winner of that, gets a title shot. We'll get Kai's thoughts after 10 o'clock this morning. But the big news yesterday, the big news yesterday, and it put a smile on the face of Andrew Nelson, the CEO of World Cricket and the Cricket World Cup, no restrictions on crowds. Morning to you, Andrea. Good morning, Stephen. Oh, I can I can see the smile on your face, even though it's radio. When you heard that announcement, uh, what did you think, or did you have a, a bit of a heads up? No, look, we had hope, and we were just delighted when we heard that announcement. Um, I think, you know, this tournament has become a real talking point around the country. I've, I've heard people who aren't even cricket fans, uh, you know, getting into the detail of the uh, why, are we, why is every finish so close? You know, who's going to win this match? So to let these athletes have crowds for the final part of the tournament, it's just amazing. So we, we couldn't be happier. Okay, that was a message on your phone, I think, by the way, as well. Hey, yeah, sorry uh, about that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That's all right. That's all right. Hey, Andrea, uh, it's sort of a bittersweet, really, because the White Ferns are struggling uh, to even make the semifinals. It would have been a, a, a double bonus if they'd been in the hunt, right? Yeah, look, I think, you know, I just actually saw, I'm here in Christchurch uh, getting ready for the match today, and I saw the girls just, just now, they're really excited about Saturday, and the chance to compete in front of a home crowd, a big crowd for the first time in the tournament, and ticket sales are going really well for Saturday's match, so, you know, it might be, depending on how results fall, the last chance to see the White Ferns in action, and I'm sure Canterbury will come out and support them. Did you build into your budgets uh, right from the get-go, knowing the traffic light system, where, where you would be at the end of all this? Look, we've had so many plans for this tournament, I have to say, along the way, that really what we've learned is that you just have to roll with whatever happens. Often we've had bad news, but right now we've got great news. So now we're ready to go. We've got the venues already and prepared for crowds. Uh, the tickets are on sale. They went on sale yesterday morning at tickets.cricketworldcup.com. So now we're ready to... To bring the crowds in. Uh, so, so what is the requirement specifically, Andrea? I mean, guess crowds, but uh, is, do they need to wear masks in the crowd or not? Or is that is even that gone? Yeah, look, I'm working through that at the moment. But what I heard the prime minister say yesterday is that mask use outdoors is no longer compulsory. So, um, you know, we'll be checking in with that and making sure the crowds have the best information. I mean, look, what we've found, we've run 20% crowds across some of our venues and. And even with a lot more people in, these are grass bag stadiums. The wind is, is, you know, it's there. People feel safe. So, you know, I don't think you can get safer than one-day cricket, to be honest, at venues like Hagley Oval and Dayton Reserve, you know. So, uh, look, I think people can be really confident coming down to the Cricket World Cup venues over the next week. You know, you're probably one of the most versatile administrators I know, Andrea. I mean, when I first met you, you were telling me how you had worked back in 2012 on the Olympics. Then there was the FIFA World Cup. The, I think it was the under-17s. Wasn't it the under-17s? We, we we hooked up again and now you're doing... Under-20s. Under-20s, thank you. And then uh, now you're doing the Cricket World Cup. When it, when it comes to a sport, is it generally just sport that you love or do you have a specific love? 
Look, I, my, my real love is cricket and it always has been. So to be working on this event is a massive privilege, I have to say, and certainly makes me very popular with my two sons um, who are also mad cricket fans. So, yeah, no, no, cricket is, is a sport I love. But what I think this event has taken a lot of people by surprise, including me, by how close and exciting the finishes are. And the difference is if you put women's cricket on great surfaces, on the same surfaces the men play on, the quality of the cricket is astounding. And I just think it's taken a few people by surprise, actually. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's been so many thrillers. Wisdom actually called it potentially the best World Cup of any gender in any format ever this week. So that's pretty high praise. In this world that we live in, we also look at at the hits when it comes to social media fans and and what you're getting, what interaction you are getting in the marketplace and globally. What numbers are you seeing from that perspective? Yeah, look, where cricket has um, a real strength is that the the level of following in the subcontinent is massive. So we're looking at hundreds of millions of people viewing the posts that we're putting up. So we'll be putting out some figures later on. I think it comes out at the end of the tournament, but... Certainly the global interest in this is the same as the here in New Zealand. It's very, very strong. And so so uh, the other part of all of this, are you seeing, even with the 20% uptake that you had, now you can have open crowds, are you seeing a, yacht, a lot of young girls come out and, and watch cricket? Yeah, look, yes, young girls, but I think just as excitingly, uh, young boys and men supporting the girls. One, for me, tournament highlight was the India-Australia match. Uh, maybe 4,000 people in the stadium, but it felt like maybe 20 and what you were seeing was men yelling and screaming, chanting the names of Meghna Singh and Herman Creek Corps, these kind of champions of Indian cricket. And it was, you know, it felt no different to watching the men's team. And I think that's what's really been revolutionary about this. It's not about what gender you are. It's about the sport, and the sport is gripping. I love it. You know what? That could be the most important line you've said all day and anyone's said all week. It's not about a gender. It's about the, it's about the sport itself. Speaking of which, Ross... Uh Ross, what's his? Oh gosh, I'm forgetting his. Who's, who's retiring? Ross Taylor. My Ross God. Taylor. I, okay, I, you can forgive me because I woke up late this morning. I was almost late to work. I slept through my alarm, so I, I was watching the Sunny Bill fight last night. I apologise. Uh, oh my God, it's a bit like the Millie, your Millie, our in-house Millie Vanilli joke, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, we don't need to go there. We don't We don't need to go there, Andrew. At all. But Ross Taylor, will you be trying to get to there? Are you able to get to the when, when, when he plays his final match? No, look, we're fully focused on the World Cup here, but look, what I know about Ross is that he is a massive supporter of women's cricket. Um, I know that when he got, I think it was his 100th uh, T20 cap, and someone congratulated him for the first player to get 100 in T20 ODI uh, and ODIs, and he said, no, I'm not. It's Susie Bates is the first person to achieve that aim. So, you know, I think Ross is a massive advocate for the women's game, and he would want to be seeing not just big crowds to farewell him, but also big crowds, you know, to support the White Ferns and the finalists. So next Sunday, here at Agsley Oval, you know, the finalists of the World Cup will be playing. They sold out at Lords in 2017. They sold out the MCG a couple of years ago. We will sell out Hagley Oval. And I just really call on every Cantabrian or anyone who can get to Christchurch to get down to that final because they will be the world's best female cricketers. It'll be a game to watch. Where do you find this constant energy? <laughs> I just love what I do. I love what I do. I mean, many people would love to work in sport and work in cricket, and to have the privilege on a working on an event like this, one in a million. Okay, so let's let's just play the obvious card here. What what do you do after this? <laughs> have a nap, I think. <laughs> have a nap and see my children. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's been a long haul, hasn't it? Are you there, Andrea? 
Oh, sorry, I lost you there for a second, Stephen. No, that's okay. That's okay. You're you're okay to lose me. Uh, it's been a long <laughs> it's been a long haul for you this one, hasn't it? Yeah, actually, yesterday marked one month since I've slept in my own bed. So, uh, but it's all been worth it, and I'm really proud, and I know the team are really proud about the event that we're putting on. All right, Andrea, it's always a pleasure talking to you. It's Disco Thursday, by the way. Is there any sort of disco uh, band or group that you are you would boogie to rather than Millie Vanilli? I am not falling for this trap again, Mr. McIver. I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've been dismissed. Have a great weekend, Andrea. You too. <laughs> Andrea Nelson, Cricket World Cup CEO. Yeah, I, I should explain that if you're only just joining us this morning. We played a little bit of a joke. Uh, she told us at one stage, I don't know, we were having music playing and about Millie Vanilli. She threw Millie Vanilli out. So the last, next time we interviewed her, we, we played some Millie Vanilli. So she probably thought I was trying to set her up. But it, it is Disco Thursday at 9.15 here on uh, SCNZ Mornings with Stephen McIver. 0800 1508 11. 0800 1508 11. The Timber Bedpost text line is double three. The question for the day is this. After... Sonny Bill Williams annihilated, that's the word they're using, at uh, the Sydney Convention Centre last night. They annihilated Barry Hall. Do you think Sonny Bill Williams is a genuine contender? Get on the phone now. I know Reid wanted to talk about it. I think he wanted to talk about it anyway. No, he didn't. Uh, if you want to talk about this one, and, and do you honestly believe he is a genuine heavyweight contender, uh, why don't you give me a bell? 0800 150 811. That's 0800 Text in here on the Timber Bedpost text line uh, from our good mate Zade. He says, it was a great fight by Sonny Bill Williams, but absolutely destroying Barry Hall in a minute 55. But the, and he's quite right. The, the, the co-main event was pretty good. Paul Fleming against Action Jackson, England. It was amazing because these, these guys were right, 59 kgs. They went for 10 rounds. And, and Zayda's quite right. When these figures came out, they, were throwing, they threw over 600 punches. 600 punches constantly. Un, but I mean, you know, like when you look at that, and, these, and Fleming's not, a, he's not a, a young man. He got the fight. I actually didn't think he... he Deserved the fight, but he got the fight against this kid called Action Jacks in England. It was stunning. It was, cl- I think, super featherweight. So you can imagine that. Just bam, 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 bam. It was just so good to watch. Yeah, but how many of those six hundred punches are landing? I tell you what, I reckon just about everyone landed. Jeez. I watched. The, that's why. I, that's why I was late to not late to work this morning, but I slept through my alarm this morning because the Sonny Williams fight didn't start till like half past twelve uh, this morning, and and I think it was it wasn't it was expected to be a lot earlier, but it was amazing. It was it was your classic super featherweight boxing. It was just hammer and tongs. And it was, I mean, lots of people don't like boxing. That's, I love boxing. I think it's, I think it's great. I mean, I've, I've had, my, had my cup of tea with it, but uh, it is a brutal, brutal sport. The other part of the night last night, which was really interesting, and they made a big deal about it, was uh, Raheem Mundine, Anthony Mundine's son, third generation. Third generation having his first pro fight. Won it. Uh, and won it pretty convincingly against the young Fijian fellow who was actually had a hard head because Raheem hit him a couple of times. And you would, you looked at Raheem and you went, he's just like his dad. You know, had the low head, holding the hand low, had the great swagger, had the good eye, very quick, like very, very quick and quite strong. I think it was at the, I think it was at the light heavyweight level, and it was, it was pretty, it was pretty cool fight. But the, okay, so let's put the question out for you. Let's talk about it, uh, Sonny Bill Williams. That's our question of the day. Do you think he is a genuine, and I mean genuine, heavyweight contender in the global ranks? Okay, yes. So we have to let's put this in context. He's had eight fights. That's his ninth fight. He's nine and zero. Oh, but when you look at the who he's beaten, you you wouldn't say it's it's your classic padding of the record. But I don't see too many really good boxers in there, right? He beat up a forty five year old last night pretty quickly. 
But I think there's something in Sonny Bill Williams that you could see. If they're smart, they'd go and do it. Should he fight Paul Gallen? I think if he's serious, he doesn't, but the payday will be too big. I think you're probably right there, uh, Stephen. I mean, SBW is that kind of athlete that whatever he sets his mind to, he's going to do it. He's so dedicated to his craft. We've seen it throughout rugby league, rugby, boxing. Uh, And he's in great shape. He looks after his body. He's just one of those guys. And to have the people in his corner that he has now, I mean, if he is going to be serious about it, I agree. Maybe not Paul Gallen. It will probably just be another sideshow. But everybody wants it. That's the thing, Logan. Everybody wants it. Uh, Gallen was in the crowd last night. You know, Pumping it up. Pumping it up. And I'm not – I just – you know, it is an easy – it's a moneymaker. People love it. I mean, it's it's almost – in this world that we live in, right, we live in the social media world, right, and the social media world that we live in, it's just it's part of life now. It's a, it's an enormous part of of life if you want to if you want to partake of it, right. But you know, promoters, marketers, the whole nine yards, they use it. It's a, such a huge analytic now. It's just too easy. It's too easy to say Gallon SBW. You know, Paul Gallon said uh, the fight could be worth. He, he wanted, I think, it was a trilogy with SBW, something like that. Two million a fight. You know, each or thereabouts or something like that. Now, if, now for someone who played footy and then, and, and, you know, has put his body on the line and a credit to Paul Gallen, a huge credit to Paul Gallen, two million for a couple of, five, you know, two per super two, it's not a bad retirement fund, is it? No. And uh, he, I mean, he's in horses now as well, right? Is so, he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he owns a horse. <laughs> so, <laughs> he owns a horse. Is it a donkey or is it a proper horse? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a thoroughbred. Uh, was it I can't Brian? Was the it name. Brian would know. Tiako Shark? Is that the name of it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm not huge on my horse racing there, so I'm going to have to double check that. But I, I, when I was covering um, you know, sport in Australia and Paul Gallen was doing all that sort of stuff and he was fighting mm-hmm. Barry Hall and you know they sort of pumped it up and same kind of thing. They would have done done that with this SBW fight. But Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure over across the ditch. Across the ditch, mate. They've probably seen a bit of a sh- sideshow, mate. They're probably licking the wings. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something sandwich, but never mind. <laughs> this is SNZ Mornings with uh, Stephen McIver. Smithy not back tomorrow. Sam Hewitt uh, is coming in to do 9 to midday tomorrow. I'm off to Talpo t- uh, tomorrow morning for the final of the Roden Super GT uh, cars, you know, GT weekend in the Bruce McLaren Motorsport Park. So uh, hopefully Smithy is back on Monday. Is something to look forward to. It's 9.21. So the question of the day is this. Get on the phone because, you know, you know I love a chat. And I will listen, Steve. I will listen. Remember that. 0800 150811. 0800 150811. Is Sonny Bill Williams a genuine heavyweight title contender from what you saw last night and from what you know about the guy's ability? 0800 150811. Get on the blower and give it a nudge. 0800 150811 or the Timber Bedpost text line 8833. But I'd love to talk to you this Thursday morning because it's Disco Thursday.
9.27, this is SNZ Mornings with Stephen McIver, 0800 150811, it's Disco Thursday. You know what that means? Lots of disco music. Uh, the Timber Bedpost text line is double eight double three. Our question of the morning is quite simple. Is uh, Do you think Sonny Bill Williams could be a genuine heavyweight contender? Andy Lee, his coach, who has coached Tosin Fury, coaches Joseph Parker, says yes. But what do you think? Off the Timber Bedpost text line, uh, this text comes in and says, I think Sonny Bill should fight Gallon next, then jump on the social media boxing bouts like Jake Paul. Oh, please. I actually think, I actually think, Sonny Bill Williams would make a mess of Jake Paul. There you go. And I don't even think Jake Paul should be stepping in the ring because he's a plonker. Uh, But there you go. Uh, I actually think that if Sonny Bill Williams takes one road, have a crack at the the real road, not the big money sort of social media fights, and give it a nudge. But what do you think? 0800 150 811. It's 0800 150 At 9.28, coming up shortly, Barbara Shet Eagle on why. And why does she think that Ash Barty left tennis, retired tennis yesterday at age 25 at the top of her game. And why? We'll we'll play you a snippet of Ash Barty a little later on about why she is doing it. She talked to her good friend Casey Deluck, where she played doubles with. And she was the lady that she rushed up when she won the Australian Open and gave her a big hug on the sideline. That was one of her best mates. You sort of got a feeling then something was going on. Uh, Steve-O, given the current world climate and the fact that it's Disco Thursday, I think a little bony M Rasputin is in order, says James. Okay, we'll find it. Just for you, James, because you're listening and you're la- <laughs> and the current world climate. Oh, nice one. Just a quick update on where the Women's Cricket World Cup sits at the moment, the semi-final picture. Uh, there are two decisive matches today. South Africa play the Windies. Who would have thought the Windies, eh? I mean, they beat, they beat New Zealand first up. And England playing Pakistan. England, the defending champions, uh, were mud for the first part, but they, they've suddenly found their form. Uh, a win for South Africa at the Basin will confirm their place in the semi-finals, while a West Indies win will enhance their chances, but they still need some other things to go their way. Now, England have won their last two matches, but they need to keep winning in Christchurch to have any chance, and I mean any chance, of making the top four. Bottom of the table, Pakistan will be buoyed after ending the 18-game World Cup losing streak. That was a surprise when they beat the Windies earlier this week. So on the top of the table, it's Australia with 12 points. They're in the semis. They look they look unbeatable. South Africa have eight. India and West Indies, six. England and New Zealand, four. New Zealand, sadly, the White Ferns are all butt out of playoff contention. They play Pakistan in their final game on Saturday in Christchurch. That'll be live here on SENZ. And I think the most important thing here, if you want to give them a good chance... Go along. Go along to the Oval in Christchurch and support them because the limits on outdoor gatherings are over. So get along and support the White Ferns and you never, you never... No, it's not until the fat lady sings whatsoever. It's 9.30. 7 o'clock, Aroha. 7 o'clock for Repco Race Control tonight with me and Murph. You know what? I feel like... Say go.
932 on SNZ Mornings with McIver. It's Disco Thursday. Leo Sayer makes me feel like dancing. It's probably what Ash Barty is thinking right now or was thinking after she made this announcement yesterday on her social media challenges uh, channels, excuse me, talking to her best mate Casey Delacqua. I'll be retiring from tennis and it's the first time I've actually said it out loud and um, yeah, it's, it's hard to say, but I'm so happy and I'm so ready and I just know at the moment in my heart for me as a person this is right and um, I know I've I've done this before um, but in a very different feeling and I'm so grateful to everything that tennis has given me it's given me all of my dreams plus more but I know that the time is right now for for me to step away and chase other dreams um, and yeah, and to, to put the rackets down. So at the age of 25, only 15 tournament titles, but three of those were Grand Slams, right? French Wimbledon, the one she really wanted, her dream win, and also the last Australian Open. At age 25, banked around 21 plus million dollars, she wants to stay home and be normal. Got to remember, too, that, you know, she took a break back in 2014 when and played Big Bash cricket. She's an incredibly talented human being. It is a big, big call. So as soon as I heard that announcement yesterday, I got on the phone and uh, spoke to my good friend, uh, Barbara Shed-Eagle, herself a former WTA player who travels the world with Eurosport, does all the majors and others. And Eurosport's the biggest uh, sports broadcaster in Europe. And got her take on this. And uh, I asked her first up, uh, was she surprised by this announcement? Well, I'm, I was a little bit surprised uh, when I found out today. But then on the other hand, I'm, I'm not that surprised because I always thought Ash Barty, she's not going to have a very long career. I don't think uh, she's, uh, uh, you know, the person who's that uh, overly passionate about being on the tour for 20 years. And uh, I don't think she's playing or has played the game, um, you know, because of uh, the success or, mm-hmm. or money or anything like that. So I know she's, she loves being home and um, it, it, kind of came a, a bit of a surprise that it happened today, but then not really. <laughs> yeah, you, we, we, and you talk about not having a long career. Yes, she started playing on the ITF Tour back in 2010, but her first WTA win didn't come till 2017. So from 2017 to January 22, 15 titles, 12 uh, singles titles, including three Grand Slams. Not a bad little career. No, it's it's a great career, and let's not forget that she's been on the tour when she was very young, the age of sixteen, seventeen already. Uh, she played a lot of doubles, in which she was very successful as well. And and then she took that break. She she just stepped away from the game for a couple of years, and uh, and uh, then somehow uh, got back into it afterwards. She thought she was more mature, she was more ready, and her good friend Casey Delacqua actually said, "Come on, let's play some doubles." So it sounds like it's a short career, uh, but, um, you know, the fact is that uh, as a tennis player, it's a very intense uh, life on tour. You're traveling for I don't know, 10, 11 months a year, and I think especially the last couple of years took a lot out of Ash because she hasn't been home. She's been away, forced to be away for so long because of that whole quarantine thing um, entering Australia. And um, I think that took a lot out of her and also put things in perspective for her. And uh, she certainly knows what she wants 
and what she doesn't want. And come on, I mean, she won uh, three of the four Grand Slams, uh, and um, yeah, she's achieved so much uh, with winning, especially that title in Wimbledon, which is the most prestigious title you can win as a tennis player. And now she can just be home. She loves being home. She can play golf. She can play with her dogs. Wouldn't surprise me, you know, if she she starts a family uh, sooner rather than later, and after she gets married, and uh, yeah, I mean, it it seems to be really right for her at this moment. Yeah, I, I love the way that how she's taken control. She hasn't let outside influences say no. You got to keep going, or, or or sponsors say no, no. You owe this to her. She's gone. Actually, you know what? This is who I am, and I think. Yeah. And I think this is really important in an age. And I, I just wonder, and I have to ask this really carefully. Do you think the game is asking too much of its athletes? At the moment because of the schedules and the demands yeah i mean it, it does but we it, it's been like that for i don't know for for many many years i remember thinking back uh, how, how when i played on the tour so it takes a lot out of you and if you don't love it and especially uh you know being an australian you do have to be away a lot more from home than compared to when you're european because so many tournaments are around there and you can duck back home and um ash always said uh, how important her family is and i think it's unreal and it reminds me of John Borg because I think he retired when he was number one in the world um, how how uh, strong and and uh, amazing this is to take this step on the top when you're on the top of the game when you just won uh, you know a, a Grand Slam title to step away from it that um, that that's pretty amazing I have to say yeah when you look back at this uh, let's call it a pretty short career but a very successful career and she was only five five right so she wasn't the biggest player going around no what is her <laughs> yeah, what is her legacy oh she's i mean the way the way she played on the court or she, her game style is just so different compared to anyone else because uh, we know the girls these days they were all hitting the ball so hard but she had this finesse you know which came naturally to her uh, she had that backhand fly she had a big serve she knew exactly when to come to the net she had a ripper forehand um, as well and it was just a joy to to watch her play because there was so much variety and especially the way she won the the Australian Open um, you know she was so calm there was all the pressure on her and the way she handled that situation was just unreal and I think I, I was actually when I was I was sitting courtside when she won that title, and I was thinking, geez, imagine if she would retire now. I mean, that would be just unreal. <laughs> uh, and there was one little moment where I was thinking, oh, is she going to do it? But she didn't do it then um, because she probably didn't want to have uh, take anything away from the tournament or, or anything. But I'm sure the thought was there. I mean, she said it after Wimbledon already. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to leave a big hole, uh, obviously, in uh, for Australian tennis. Uh, world number one uh, retiring, the person who has uh, been the most successful person, you know, in in decades in Australia. So um, I think uh, the peep she's happy, but I think the people, the tennis people, the the fans are, are really really sad. Yeah, well, I think we all are because she is such an honest and and humble character. So you've already sort of opened the door to the next question so now not australian but who fills the gap now in women's tennis who's who's the next character because there i i would suggest in the women's game as there are in the men's game there are a lot of robots out there and and she had (laughs) and i'm not being unkind here i think she had genuine personality that shone through 
Yeah, I mean, she uh, on the court she had a different game style, and 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 off the court she is and and was so so humble. Really, that uh, the success she didn't she never changed. She was always the same, you know. And that's uh, I think that uh, tells you and shows you a lot about uh, a person, you know, a person's personality as well. When um, you know the whole world is watching her, and she makes so much money, and and she still stays the same. Uh, and that's unbelievable. I mean, tennis, women's tennis and men's tennis, it, it's always going to be uh, interesting because there's so many different uh, characters, different personalities, uh, different players from different countries. So you always can identify yourself uh, as a fan with uh, with someone. Mm. But certainly one thing which uh, will be missed now is that game style, that finesse, because I love it. I, I don't uh, love, I mean, you call it robot, but, um, you know, <laughs> when somebody hits the ball just uh, a million miles an hour every single shot, you know, and the, you feel like, oh, where is the tactical part and, and mm. where are the drop shots, where is the, you know, coming yep. to the net and everything. So that's going to be missed for sure. Um, but there will be somebody else, you know, I've been <laughs> in this game for so long and I'm always sad when somebody retires and you think, oh my God, who's going to fill those footsteps? And there always uh, has yeah. been someone again. So there, there will be someone, maybe not right now, but uh, down the track there will be. If it's going to be a person from Australia, poof, not so sure about that. Okay, so have you got a name for me? You've been you've been on the tour now in, the, in this COVID world for <laughs> for two years, and, and for the biggest network in Europe with Eurosport, you've seen a lot of tennis. You know who who do you think's next? Yeah. Who do you, who do you, who do you think's well, next? Well, Iga Schwantek is now uh, going to be world number one, obviously, because she uh, climbed up to the to the second spot, and and now after Ash retiring, so there's, I mean, there's um, there's I, I can't actually tell you a name. I don't think there will be somebody dominating uh, mm-hmm. women's tennis, you know, who will win. Um, I don't know six, seven uh, Grand Slam titles. Uh, I don't I don't think so. I think wow. it's too even and um, women's tennis at the moment. So I can't really give you a name now, but once I have one where when I'm sure about it, <laughs> who's going to dominate women's tennis, you're the first one who I'm going to oh, give a call. Okay? And, and I always appreciate that, Barbara. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. I pre- thanks so much for giving us your hot take on Ash Barty. And uh, we shall talk again. We will, for sure. Thanks, Steve. 9.42, Barbara Shet Eagle, her hot take on Ash Barty's retirement yesterday at the top of her game. World number one, uh, 114 weeks in a row, a total of around 120, 121 weeks, three Grand Slams. Uh, she was actually looking at a, a year-in Grand Slam when you can win all four uh, majors, all four majors in a calendar year. Uh, but she's decided to call it quits. Uh, Simona Halep, the former world number one, said, uh, Ash, what can I say? You know, i got tears, right, my friend? I miss you on tour. You were different and special, and we shared some amazing moments. What's next for you? Grand Slam champion in golf? Be happy and enjoy your life to the max, Simo. I'm hearing a lot of chatter about golf uh, in uh, Ash Barty's post-tennis life, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. Hearing a lot of it. So she's obviously, she's a gifted athlete. You know, we mentioned earlier that she played a bit of Big Bash as well. Yeah. I know she's only 5'5", five five, but I, I've heard uh, people in Australia... Australia. Mentioning maybe she could have an AFL W oh, career. Stop it. At 5'5", five, five playing AFL, I, I don't know. I don't watch women's AFL. I watch, I've watch. i seen the men's AFL, and you've got to be a pretty big unit to play that. But nothing would surprise me with Ash Barty. It's quite obvious when you <coughs> excuse me looked at that piece with Casey Delacqua and she announced her retirement. 
She's had a guts full and she's had enough. And I thought what was really telling was when she said she was spent. Now, when an athlete tells you they are spent, it's not, and she said physically spent. I would throw in mentally spent as well. And and then you start looking at the likes of how much pressure is on Naomi Osaka, for instance, who has been quite open about the the mental challenges on the WTA tour and the demands on them. And everybody says, oh, yeah, but you're making good money. Well, actually, you make good money after about 10 years of grinding out, unless you are a phenom, Okay. And I and I've you know we've all been around tennis. I've got, have had long chats with uh, the former ASB Classic Tournament director Carl Budge about the demands and what is required. And when you get to the level that these women and men get to, the demands and the pressure to continue to keep winning for sponsors, for tournament directors, for the fans who are the most important, can be just come unbelievably great. And that's probably why. You had, let me get this right, uh, Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, the mighty three, consistently winning because they had brains and the mental abilities like safes. You just couldn't break them, you know. So I think there is, there is a lot to think about. Anyway, that's Ash Barty. We're sad, as Andy Murray said, happy but gutted. It's 9.46. Monday. It's Harness Racing New Zealand Pacing for Purpose Season 2. Yes, Harness Racing for Purpose. Now, of course, uh, the morning charity is Women's Refuge. Such a, 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 I shouldn't, it's a wonderful charity. It's a shame we have to have charities like that, but this is the world we live in. So our Pacing for Purpose pick. So uh, tomorrow, Addington, uh, breakfast of pick number four. And Sorry, let me start again. Breakfast of picked race four, number six, Bella Ferrante. Bella Ferrante. Fonte, Fonte, yeah. Uh, broke the last start, impressive for that, and could be an okay money on this one. All righty. Morning, so this is, this is the most important one because it's us raising money for Women's Refuge. Uh, race nine, number four, Gazman. Similar to Bellero Fonte, a winner two starts back, now with Regan Todd and trained on the beach after starting up north. Nothing like training on the beach. We know nags love it, though. Horses love the water. Uh, Sunday, Waimate, and this is where afternoons have gone. Uh, race number five, L's Angel. Wide draw, but it's been coming home like a rocket in recent races. Due a win. Good luck for that one. Uh, and drive, race seven, the Waimate Cup. Uh, this is apparently a big open race, but they like the look of number 13, Dashing Major. That's a great one, eh? Dashing major. Three wins from six stars, so she's 50% from the last six on grass and a chance at decent money. So that is our pacing uh, purpose um, products, if you know what I mean. Race nine, number four, Gasman for Women's Refuge. Uh, love racing, Todd NZ. You're home for everything, a thoroughbred racing and everything else. 100 to 200. How does that affect the NBL? You've got to think about this. The NBL, the local NBL, they've got something like 300 games this coming season. It is, is that, yeah, that's about right. It's it's, it's bonkers. And it is, uh, it is a growth sport in this country like you wouldn't believe. So we'll get Hugh's take on that as well. Uh, also, just a reminder that race control, Repco race control, is back tonight. It's normal day. We've been, you know, been pushed around because of all the lives, which we love. Uh, from seven o'clock tonight, we'll talk to Marco 
Giltrap, who is in the hunt for the Toyota 86 Championship. There's another round in Topo at the Bruce McLaren Motorsport Park this weekend. And in studio, live in studio, one of our best motorsport experts, or exports, should I say, exports, Formula E driver for Jaguar, Mitch Evans, is in the studio. And also that's in that 8 to 9 hour tonight, we'll also have Shane Van Gisbergen, who's very tight with... Uh, Mitch and his brother, Simon, as well. So there's a lot to come your way. Oh, by the way, in Repco Race Control as well, we'll give away tonight that Repco Beer Pong table. Nothing like a good game of Beer Pong, Logan. And can I just say, don't take me on. I've, oh. dis- I've discovered I'm not half bad at okay, Beer Pong. Okay, the challenge is on, Stephen. The challenge is out. It's heading towards 10 o'clock. Coming next after news with Aroha, look out. It's Kai Kara France here on SENZ Mornings. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Referee Herb Dean has called a stop to this contest at 3 minutes, 21 seconds of the very first round. Declaring the winner by TKO, Kai Dolphin, Tara France. UFC 269, Kai Car France destroys Cody Gabran and enhances his reputation big time. That reputation... Could go even further this weekend in Ohio as he comes up against Askar Askarov. Number two in the flyweight division. Hasn't fought for a year, but Kai Kara France joins SNZ Mornings right now from Ohio. And let's, I mean, let's talk about 269, shall we, Kai? Because, you know, I got the feeling that that unlocked something in you. What was it? Yeah, definitely. Just uh, gave me the confidence that I needed, and um, now you're seeing that, that. You're seeing that maturity, that calmness, that uh, being present in the moment, and uh, yeah, just using that as fuel and, and that momentum just carried on. So, didn't have much time to celebrate that Cody win. Uh, a few days later, I had another fight booked. So, uh, I pretty much told the UFC, um, you know, I'm, I don't have any injuries. I don't want to wait around and and kind of. I'm, I'm making up for lost time. This pandemic, the last two years, usually we fight three, four times a year. Uh, we've only been able to fight twice. So now with borders opening up and um, us being able to you know, come back freely back to New Zealand, uh, I want to stay active. So this, this fight happened pretty quickly. Um, I, I, it's been over three months since, since my last fight. It's been over a year since my opponent's last fight. So ring rust is a thing, and um, I feel like that's going to be a factor in this fight. He's going to be figuring all that out while I'm standing in front of him. And um, I know what I need to do. And, uh, you know, I, I'm 100% confident in, in the camp that we put together and um, the game plan that we've got. So now you're seeing that um, 
and you're seeing that confidence to me. Yeah, the interesting thing that Ascroft says that the year off has been good for him from getting out that wrist injury, that he's at, at full strength. Are you mindful of that? Yeah, it's not so much I focus on. I just focus on stuff that I can control, and, and that's just you know bringing in my conditioning, sharpening my tools, and uh, working on my mindset. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not too worried about all that stuff. But I welcome it. I want the best version of him because after this, I don't want any excuses. I want a, I want a title shot, but I know that I've got a big task in front of me and that's all I'm focused on. I, I noted you said in training that you've been working on the leg kicks and more importantly, distance management. So talk to me about why you've worked more on, on distance management. Uh, well, there's no secret. He's a wrestler. He's, he wants to get me to the ground. And uh, there's no secret that at City Kickboxing, we like the strike, so... Distance management is what we do, is, is how we keep the fight standing. It's how we control someone from just landing punches and, and um, going crazy. So for us, uh, you know, it's something that we take pride in and um, really work on. And um, that, that's just one of the aspects that we, we do in our fights. But we've got a lot more to our uh, strategy. Um, but yeah, like I said before, I welcome I welcome Esco trying to get me to the ground. I welcome him trying to keep me there. I welcome him trying to walk me down and, and strike with me. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind any of that. Uh, I've been working on everything that we need to do. And um, every situation and scenario that uh, that is a potential, uh, we've gone over. So I, I won't be surprised. He'll be surprised when he gets hit by me and realizes, okay, i got to get this guy to the ground because I don't want to stand with him. But then he realized when he and he grabs a hold of me, I can't get this guy to the ground. So what am I going to have to do? So... Um, I, I'm just going to back myself, um, just touch him, and eventually the, the finish will, be, will, will come. So I don't want to force it and uh, just let it happen naturally. So, Kai, part of that distance management, you, you've been quoted as saying, I'm not going to force it. So are you going to let him come to you, or are you going to go in, as you have said, with bad intentions? Yeah, it's one of the things you just got to have an eye for it. And over time, that experience uh, gives you that eye. And um, even in the line of fire when it's, you know, the heat's on you and you're getting you're getting blasted on or um, shots are coming from everywhere, you, you're still in it and your, your head's still moving and your, your feet are still moving um, and you find the targets. And, and once you get those targets, um, you see openings. And once you see the openings, and then you smell blood. So it's a, it's a lot of things, a lot of things that just, it's uh, instinct. It's not something that um, you can kind of just go off, uh, go off the plan. So, Plan A is not working. You've got to go plan B, C, D, go down the line. So uh, usually the best fighter is the one that can adapt in the situation the most. So um, that's what we plan on doing, planning on every situation. Um, so I'm not going to get too caught up into just keeping this fight standing or getting back to my feet. Uh, where the fight goes, it goes, but uh, we'll be ready. How much do you think you've improved since the Gabrant fight? And where do you think you are better now? My mindset. Straight after that uh, Cody Garbrandt fight, I ran a marathon before Christmas just to make room for some food. <laughs> uh, I don't run marathons ever, but that's just the mindset I'm on. Uh, that's just where I'm at. I want to push myself to those limits, and it's all mental. You know, go go looking for that wall is what the um, marathon runners say or ultra marathon runners say. Go looking for it because you'll you'll soon realize that there isn't a wall. It's all in your mind, and fighting's the same. You dip into that reserve that you need to um, in those three-round, you know, back-and-forth fights, um, 
and in training that we we dip into that daily you know that's what we do at our gym we, we find those places and we we settle into it and we we make it our home so then when our opponents try to go there it's all familiar we've been here uh, you know i welcome it and um that that's something that i've i've, I've worked on and um, you know, you got to believe you're the champ before you become the champ, and that's just that's just a mindset, and it's a standard that you have on yourself, and that's just trying to be the best version of yourself. So, having a family now to support, you know, I've got a one year old and a wife back home um, that are looking up to me and, and looking for me to, to um, give them stability. Um, that's the focus and, and the change that I've had in my my life, and um, you know, look at all the bl- blessings that it's had, and um, looking look at the vision that um, you see in the cage now. It's just different. I, I'm not. Um, doing it for the, my own self you know i've got a purpose now and mm. um you're starting to see that so yeah I, I i back myself and that's why you see this confidence in me because uh you know i don't i don't see this guy taking me taking me anywhere that i haven't seen before and um like i said before i welcome it i welcome the challenge and after this i don't want any excuses you know i don't want to be overlooked and um you know people saying oh cody's washed up you know he could the gust of wind can knock him out now because he's got no chin um, but it's just because I made it look that easy. That's why people are saying that. So after this guy, after I beat him, I don't want any excuses. And um, yeah, I want a title shot. So you, one t- one fight at a time, and uh, that's all I'm focused on is Askar Askarov. Kai, does Askarov know you're know you're a New Zealander? Because on his Twitter, he said you're going to be my chicken Australian guy. Yeah, I don't really take too much notice in the Twitter. <laughs> like, obviously, English isn't his first language, and I, I feel like his manager is the one doing the tweets. Yeah, I don't feel like it's even him writing it. So, <laughs> um, he, you know, he can talk all he wants. Um, he'll soon find out. But um, that's it's a fight game. You know, yeah, I, I don't really yeah, get into trash talk. I let my work do the talking, and um, I just back it up. So, f- f- figure yeah, right. I can't wait. Figueredo Moreno is on again. Uh, there is talk that the winner of your fight gets a title shot. Do you think you get a title shot if you can take care of Askarov? Yeah, well, that's all I'm focused on. Whatever happens after this fight, uh, you know, that we'll, we'll get to it when it's the right time. But for me, you know, I'm not too worried about all of that. It's just what's in front of me. And uh, for now, that's just Askar Askarov. I'm in Ohio. I don't even know who that is, but I'm here. It's cold um, and it's in front of a crowd. So that's all that matters. Uh, crowds make fights, you know, you need it. Mm. The Apex really didn't do it justice fighting in Fight Island with uh, just the cameraman and the ref in the building. So now it's back to normal. We're going to feed off that energy, and I know everyone back home is watching. So that's what's for, uh, motivating me to put on the best performance, and uh, whatever happen to, happens after this fight, we'll get there. But for now, I'm just going to go out there, do my best, and uh, put on a show. Hey, can I ask you about one of the other team too, and Dan Hooker, you know, taken down in the first round, or not, you know, stopped in the first round the other day. Were you encouraged to hear Dana White say, yeah, but he's the sort of fighter I want on, on my books to, and to keep going? Yeah, well, like Dan's a fighter's fighter. Like he just turns up and fights whoever, the toughest, the best in the world. Um, just look at his resume. It doesn't matter. Like if he's taken a loss, you look at it and you have to respect him. Uh, a tough pill to swallow, you know, t- not the fight that I know he would have wanted. And, um, you know, I've seen the work behind the behind the scenes and, um, you know, it's just uh, styles. And, and Arnold Allen did a great job capitalizing on not letting Dan off the hook. And, uh, I, you know, I, I had a glimpse of hope when Dan dropped him and um, I thought it was going to be, a, you know, ch- change the turn of events. But, um, yeah, that's the fight game. So that's just uh, something you, you can't control. And, and um, you know, I feel for Dan, but i got to come into fight week with a new energy, leave that in the past. And, yeah. and I know the fight and the team won't be carrying that. So now we're in 
Ohio, um, you know, new task in front of us and um, new energy. So um, that's all I'm focused on. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, dwell on, on what's happened and, and um, did get too caught up in that. Everything will work out eventually. So, yeah, just focus on my fight. Kai, best of luck, man. Yes, we will be watching and go get him. We, we so want you to get that title shot. So do what you do well, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Kai Kara of France at 10.14 here in SENZ Mornings, uh, our resident guru when it comes to... <laughs> he is a guru, Logan. Don't twist your nose up. Producer Brian joins me right now. Figueredo Moreno, early July. Uh, do you think Kai Kara of France can get past Askaroff, though? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he definitely can. I mean, there's always the puncher's chance, you know, in any uh, combat sport. But he has the skill set. He's got the toolbox. It's deep. Uh, he has the experience. And he fought three months ago, like he, like he said. Yeah, okay. So there was a suggestion of ring rust from Askarov coming yep. back from that wrist in, in injury. Hasn't fought for a year. But, you know, you know the fight game. If you're class, you're class. Yeah, if you're class, you're class. But, um, can take you a lot of people some time to get into it. I mean, I'm pretty sure once Kai punches him in the face, he'll realise he's in a fight. <laughs> and, you know, don't hold back, mate. <laughs> don't don't hold back. Uh, okay, so if if you've got a fighter's chance, when does he? Can he stop him? Can he stop Askoff? Because that would be a that then would be a statement win in the flyweight division. Absolutely, he can stop Askarov. When? Come on, when? When? When can he stop? He can stop him in the first. Oh, I love you, Brian, because you just you just you just love it. Because okay. they'll be planning on him shooting as a wrestler. They'll have a move worked out. They'll have, they'll have an amazing game plan, and it'll go down like he was saying to probably plan Y or Z. <laughs> love it. All right, thanks, Brian. That's Brian. He's our producer, one of our producers. We have many very good producers, but Brian just loves. I mean, loves, loves. As UFC, it's live on Sky Arena. You can book on that one. So uh, check that out. Uh, someone just texted and said, Manny speaks very well. Breast of luck, brother. Yes, he does, Kai Kara France. And, and I actually think he's got better at doing interviews. And I think, yeah, I reckon you go back to that UFC 269 fight, man. Everything's changed. Everything's changed. And confidence, as any sportsman will tell you, uh, does amazing things. 10 16, the panel's not too far away. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. The Expertise Panel, brought to you by Dilma. Do try it. Do try it. It's 10.21 with Stephen McCarver, Dilma, celebrating 30 years of tea in New Zealand. Time for the Expertise. Wow. You know, you know you're in trouble when the, the, the boss is in the house. Reuben Bradley, good morning to you. Oh, I thought you were talking about Sammy Hewitt. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, Sammy Hewitt sometimes thinks he'd like to be the boss, but I know that you two will have a crack at each other, which is, yeah, even, is. Which is even better. Morning, Sam. Morning. Oh, by the way, this is, you'll be doing this seat tomorrow morning, I'm told. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. You're, you're ready uh, for that? A power struggle here, isn't there, Reuben? <laughs> I may not be in that chair tomorrow morning. <laughs> Sitting well. opposite sides of the desk, so we'd have an arm wrestle. Yes, that, well, are we supposed to talk that about sports? Okay, got it. Yeah. Right. Have you two finished? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Miff, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Mr. McIver. Yes, Thank you. Uh, that's better. Sorry, right. sir. I was the class clown. Uh, yeah. so. <laughs> no, I was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's start again. Uh, let's talk about Sonny Williams. Top of mind. Um, it was Paul Gallen was in the audience last night. Obviously, trying to call him out, and that's that's a that's a money fight. But knowing what happened last night, which I did till two. Well, it was almost two o'clock this morning when it. <laughs> finished what path should sunny bill williams take does he become the the shall we say as someone said to me on the timber bib post text line the, the social media boxer or as his coach andy lee said uh, he could actually be a heavyweight contender genuinely i think he's heading t- 
down the genuine fighter route. He certainly looks the good. He's always looked like he's had that boxer's you build. Like he's rank. got the height. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Uh, <laughs> where am I going with that? Um, I think he is potentially going to break the mould there and not be a cele- celebrity boxer. I think he has bigger si- uh, bigger uh, goals in mind. I think you see that in the way he has approached it, the, the coaching team that he appears to have engaged, and just the, I don't know, just the vibe that I'm getting from him through this. And I think, I'm not saying he's going to get there and, and win a world title, but I think he's striving for that. It's not a celebrity gig, I don't believe. Wow. Okay, Sammy. I disagree. <laughs> I, um, yeah. I, for comparing to Paul Gallon, Paul Gallon's very open about the fact that he does it for the money. Yeah, completely. He, he doesn't. He, but see, Paul Gallon has the personality that he ticks people off. So fifty percent of people want to see him win. Fifty percent of people want to see him lose. Hundred percent of people watch the fight. That's his do, whole. Do you not think point, that's right? a similar scenario though for Sonny? I don't know because Sonny doesn't have that. He's not like an egg when it comes to promotion. Like he's not a dick. He's not mm, pissing yeah, people off. Yeah. So because of that, he's not going to. So the only other option for Andy Lee to try sell fights is to say that he's a genuine fighter. That's the way you sell the fight. Mm. Is he's a he's going to be a world contender. You need to watch him. Did, 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 but I think it's hype. Do you think Andy Lee was playing the hype card? I there? think so. Yeah. Because I, I, I was surprised at that because Andy yeah. Lee is a former world champion, well respected. Fight coach, we know, you know, Fury, Parker alone. Mm. And for him to come and say that, I went, oh, really? Yeah, I, I think it is hype, to be honest. And I just think, I mean, Stephen, you know boxing well. I, You can't tell me, and yeah, it'll it'll take a bit of time for him to get there, if he was to get there, but you can't tell me you put that guy in a ring against Tyson Fury and he beats him. Oh, but you, you, but you don't start there, right? You, no, you, no, you, no. You, you, know, pad, you pad your fights as, as yeah. they do. <laughs> but, but if he does that talk for, for the next three years, he's going to be 40, you know? Yeah, no, that's fair. that's where uh, that's where I see the struggle being. Is it's a it's a late yeah, career exactly, switch? Exactly. Yeah. If he had done this when he was twenty five, uh, absolutely. Yeah, sure, but, but, but I still I, see I, it as possible. I yeah. feel like the boxer has uh, more longevity than many other sports. Oh, oh, oh well, unless you unless you become a vegetable. <laughs> but, no, but, sure. but what? But what? I'm, I, I agree with you though on one thing, Ruben, is in the sense that if anyone can do it, mm. can even get to the the edge, the cusp of making mm. that a genuine career at this stage, it's Sonny Bill Williams. Because, yeah. you know, when you look at his, his resume, you know, World Cups, NRO Grand Finals, uh, wins the whole nine yards, there is something unique about him, isn't there? Yeah, no, you're being on that. If anyone was to do it, a guy like Sonny Bill is the guy to do it. But I'm probably a sceptic, and I just don't think it's going to happen. You know, but you're too young to be a sceptic, so don't... don't <laughs> so what radio does to you, Stephen? No, don't. No, well, well, don't <laughs> that before about be, Sam as well. D- don't be a sceptic, because it'll ruin your life. Uh, all right, the other big news yesterday was crowds can come back. Uh, you know, the restrictions are off outdoor uh, entertainment, which I think is fantastic, not just for the sporting world, but for the event world as well. And, you know, it's it's been catalogued that the event industry has been absolutely decimated by this. So I'm, I'm really happy, actually, for them, but for us as fans, being able to go back to the footy. I'll say this. Personally, I'm, not, I'm still a bit nervy. I'm still a bit nervy about going in amongst a crowd, and I would probably... Wear a mask. I spoke to Andrea Nelson, the CEO of the Cricket Women's World Cup. She's saying, well, the government have mandated a mask going to the outdoors. Mm. So, okay, that aside, Sam, if there's one event that you're – oh, man, I I can't wait to go there. What is it? Oh, easy for me. (laughs) It's now smart July 3, and I think it's going to be the biggest game – in the war- in Warriors history since '95, oh. first game at Mount Smart, it at will be Mount the biggest Smart. game. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I, I'm not, I, I'll question that one. Uh, Semi final against in the Roosters on a Friday night. Yeah, that was a monster. That was great, but I think it's going to be a sellout crowd. Rugby league fans have been like just craving this for so long. Almost, 
and a weird way think it'll be emotional what if they're oh, six? not weird at all I, I think it will I, be emotional I, I, I don't really care like I know Cameron George has talked about they need to be coming back with a wing record I'm, I am I disagree we just want to see live rugby league we just want to mm. see the Warriors play how long has it been Seven, eight hundred days or oh, something no, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous it will be emo- I think it'll be emotional I think it'll actually oh, be absolutely. emotional no, no, there, you said weird before no not weird I at think all when uh, that, expected. before COVID I think I'd missed something like two games at Mount Smart in oh, three wow. or four years wow. you know so like to, to not have that for, for two and a half years um, I think is, I missed one. Yeah, I think I missed, missed one. one. Yeah. I think I missed nice. one. You on site doing the? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, unacceptable, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> don't, have to worry about it. don't have to worry about it anymore. But more, <laughs> but more, more, more importantly, uh, there is something about warrior fans yes. and the atmosphere that they create even that, what I would call the theatre goes who jump on the bandwagon yes. it doesn't really well, matter they they are one professional organisation <laughs> yes. and I will say this and people say oh you because you've done rugby league no 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 I've I've, I've been to rugby tests you know I've been to netball and the mm-hmm. only the only organisation that can match the warriors for a game day experience can I guess, can I guess? in New Zealand yeah at the breakers yep mm. but you don't have uh, 20,000 no. or 20 odd thousand in it. It's amazing. So, are you in the same yeah, boat? Look, I have to say the correct answer <laughs> is is Mount Smart, that Warriors <laughs> homecoming game. Uh, so, but as a point of difference, I'm just delighted that we're going to have fans for this World Cup final coming up. Obviously, we're not going to be there. Could have been even better. But that would have been so sad if this Women's World Cup had gone through and we'd had no full crowd. Yeah, so I, I'm really I, pleased about that. I, I feel for Andrea Nelson because oh, yeah. it was delayed for you. She's a very, very good sports administrator and CEO. I've known her for a long, long time. This news would have uh, basically, as I said, would have been bittersweet this, to, to yesterday because she would have been hoping home home tournament, team does well, and <clears throat> And then she gets crowds. But she was very upbeat today about it. Tickets are selling. Uh, yeah. the, the social media interaction to talk about it. She mentioned, of course, the subcontinent, which is no surprise, with a billion blimmin' uh, people that love their, their cricket, uh, is making a huge difference. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Have you, have you actually been – Ruben, you don't look like a, a Warriors sort of person. And I'm, I'm not I'm – not No, no, that's dis- fine. That's fine. Have, have you, been to, have you, you know, actually been to a game? I, I was a season ticket holder for about six seasons. But did you Never. go? But did yes, you, but you go? But did I go <laughs> – are you seriously? Three, yes, absolutely. You not anymore. Was, not anymore. Sorry, I not, not anymore. Why not? Uh, just family commitments. Just couldn't. Oh, I would just was having to pass in too many of the games. He lost the faith. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> up until uh, went overseas for a few years. But up until about four years ago. Oh wow! And then just the family got the a bit thing, too much the on the weekends. The things you learn about the boss when you put them yeah, on the, very under, surprised. under the hub. <laughs> there is no, I'll say this: there is nothing like it. Oh, I agree. There is yeah, nothing like it. Uh, and and I, I don't care what anybody says. Keep them at Mount Smart, but spend some money on it, right? Yeah. Because it is a, it, it, we, we, it's an old cliche. It is a, it is a cauldron, but man, <laughs> it is the best place to watch sport. I remember 2018, you know, when, they, when they were playing very, very well, they started getting the wins, and you saw the crowd starting to build. It went from like 15 to 17 to 18 to 20, and then we had that sellout for that double header. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember people at the time watching, oh, bandwagon, they're just getting on because we win. And it's like, I don't care. We've got a sold-out Mount Smart. Agreed. The atmosphere is amazing. Why would you not want that yeah, as a totally. team? I have no problem with bandwagon jumpers. I'd please hop on. Join me. Uh, sometimes oh, I'm it in other circumstances. Yeah, I have. Come along for I have, ride. I have a huge oh, problem no. with bandwagon jumpers. It's half past ten. The Expertise Panel. Brought to you by Dilma. <sighs> Do try it.
Ah, do try. Nothing like a good cup of tea, although the way I slept through my alarm this morning, another cup of coffee would do me. Uh, Dilmar celebrating 30 years of tea in New Zealand. 10.32 on SENZ Mornings, 0800 150 Have you got thoughts on what the lads and I have been talking about in the panel this morning? Or you can get on the Temper Bedpost text line, but you know I'd rather talk to you on double eight double three. Speaking of talking, the lads are on fire, so let's talk about the early retirement of Ash Barty. Ash Barty. I said Ash. Oh. Ash Barty. Oh, Ash Barty. <laughs> wow. Coffee, please. Coffee. Ash Barty. I was, I was blown away by that because I love my tennis, right? Spoke to Barbara Shet Eagle this morning, who works for Eurosport, works for, works for Sky with the ASB Classic, which is returning, thank goodness. She wasn't surprised. She wasn't surprised one iota. She got that inkling pretty much after Wimbledon, and she talks to Ash at the slams, the whole nine yards. She just had that feeling she was done. What what really concerned me, Ruben, was that when in that piece with on social media with Casey Delacqua, she said she was spent. Mm. Spent physically, and you know, probably spent mentally at twenty-five. So I'm pleased that she's done this and just owned it and said, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something else. And she's been uh, given the the freedom probably to make that decision because she's achieved so many great things in the sport as well. So she hasn't, uh, she's not leaving wondering in a sense. She is because maybe she could have been good enough to break a bunch of other records, but she has proved I am, you know, one of the best tennis players of all time. I've, you know, won Grand Slams and that's, you can put that in the bank. Great. I can now move on with my life and try some other things as well. And I don't know what's on her agenda next, but you think of uh, people in all kinds of uh, professions and there are certain professions where you have to give so much to do that and in turn give up so much to do that and I'm delighted that here's someone who's I'm going to go and try something else. And I don't know whether there's uh, business ambitions, family ambitions, or ba- ba- what it Barbara is. Barbara reckons family. She's, she's, she's a home girl, right. wants to be around family, probably wants <laughs> – Barbara said to me in a text, I think I can say this, she'll probably be with child before the end of the year. <laughs> well, maybe because that's that is it. who she is. Yeah, right. And I'm, if that's where she wants to go with her life, I'm just really pleased about that. And you look at you look at other other folks that have given away, you know, they you, mm. maybe they wanted to start a family or – or wanted to start a business or another career and they're approaching 40 and some of these things become not an option for various reasons. And I'm just delighted that someone said, this is what I want to do. I'm going to go off and do it. Did in style, top of the game, uh, number mm. one for 114 weeks in a row, total thing, 120, 121, Sam? Yeah, I had a conspiracy theory that she oh, was... Oh, you are kidding me. She was going to go to cricket, played for Australia because she's obviously a very handy cricketer, yeah, um, played right. Big Bash, um, played, I think, for the Australian under 19s well, and great just thought, if that's the no, case well, well I thought about it I thought you know if you were, you're, if you were young you know you're 20 years old perhaps when she made this choice and you had to pick between cricket and tennis and you really didn't want to pick but you picked tennis then you went away and won grand slams became number one why wouldn't you at a young age mm-hmm. then say great I'm going to go to the cricket thing I've, I've achieved. we had an Aussie journalist on yesterday who said she always told the media and everyone that her Everest was Wimbledon and she that's, did it, and yeah. she said that, so, and she said yeah. that yesterday in that statement. Yeah. So why? So then, you know, you've done what you wanted to do. So yeah, why not transition to cricket? Now that's the conspiracy theorist. The other part of it, as as this guy also talked about, was you know, COVID last two years for an Australian mm. tennis player, tons of travel, tons of time away from home. You could easily see how that would push you. 
City Edge. I reckon that was the most. I reckon that six months, I think it was, she spent at home. Yeah. I reckon that was the tipping point. And maybe tipping point that sent her going, you know what? Yeah. I actually like this. She's got plenty of cash in the bank. She's worked hard for it. Uh, and why not? And, and, and it's really interesting because you look at her, she's just, she. You, she's the sort of tennis player you want to give a hug because she's like your <laughs> sister, right? Yeah. But she's so driven and she's so good. And, and Barbara said to me this morning, her legacy, she will leave. Because I sort of threw out the women's tennis is becoming a little bit uh, <clears throat> robotic, which she didn't really appreciate. But I said it anyway. <laughs> but she said the legacy that Ash Barty will leave be one of being a finesse tennis player, someone with finesse. Yeah, she was great to watch. Yeah. I, from a selfish point of view, very disappointed because <laughs> we're not going to see Ash Barty playing sure. in majors. You know, and I think she probably could have won a whole bunch more and you know pushed records, like you said, Rube. So selfish point of view is... Uh, we're allowed to be selfish because we're the fan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. And, and of course. I think that's what, and, and she would understand that too. But the demands are ridiculous, right? Yeah. And and the fact that they have to keep playing to get their ranking points up, even at that level. And and what what is worrying for women's tennis now is the loss of another personality. Yeah. Because yeah. Barbara has told us this morning that she can't see anyone now dominating women's tennis, particularly at the majors level. Yep. And, I, and I think that now becomes a concern for the WTA. How do you keep selling the game? They'll figure it out, but you've, you've lost. It would, be, it would be simply saying this. No Djokovic, yes. no Nadal. Yes. Uh, Federer, we know, is on the way. But, but yeah. no, and no, no Federer. What next? Where yeah. are the personalities? Because as you all both know, men's tennis and the personalities – that's what, yeah, yeah, not that great. No, I mean that's but that's what makes it is having those battles at the top like you've had with Djokovic and Nadal when you had Serena. You know, even though it's one person or two people dominating, it actually is entertaining. Whereas, all right. so we, we're know. all disappointed. All righty, um, <laughs> Black Caps. Did you realise the Black Caps are playing the Netherlands? Just, 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 just <laughs> d- d- yes, I did. The Netherlands. Yeah, the Netherlands, the yeah, Netherlands that, that, yeah, that giant of a nation. I didn't realise. I mean, I'd forgotten. This is the interesting thing, right? We've been we've been wound up in the Cricket Women's Club Cup, and the Black Caps are still playing Netherlands. Uh, what do you make of this one? And are, are you fizzing at the bung yeah, about uh, this you one, know what? Ruben? Although, <laughs> you see, you a, a bung fizzer. But. Uh, he's a big cricket fan. <laughs> I I am looking forward to this actually, but yeah. I'm coming from a slightly different perspective, stage of life thing. I've got a six year old who oh, wow. was in tears the other night when we lost to England. Oh, that's and great. Once I explained the context of what the loss meant. Well, I think he was just in tears anyway at it, you know, the shock um, that we didn't win. So here's, here's a, you know, trying to give him an education and a passion uh, about sport and something new, and he's really getting into it and, nice. and loving it. He doesn't care that the Netherlands are not Australia. He doesn't care that there's no legacy in our rivalry. It's like live sport on TV and there's New Zealand and I can cheer and, and we can win. So from my I've just I'm delighted to have some some sport that we can share. So that's that's sort of where so for those wow. reasons I actually am pretty uh, looking forward I was and, gonna say pumped. that might be a slight stretch. I'm looking forward to this. And, and crowds too at Napier, right? Tomorrow yeah. the T twenty. Yeah um, I can't match that unfortunately Rube. My no, kid, it won't my be tomorrow. Only... No it's eleven fifty nine tomorrow so if it's Oh sorry. I'll see you one game. Oh, what can, am I saying? Yeah, oh. I can't match that because my, my kid's only four months old, so he doesn't. I mean, he loves watching the TV, but he has no idea what's going on. Um, but oh, look, I'll probably watch it. I'll probably follow it, but not that pumped on <laughs> no, it. I mean, you, it's the Netherlands, know, you, man. Your nose is crinkled up, which uh, means yeah. don't really give it to us. All right, let's 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 finish off with something that we should all celebrate. Ross Taylor. 
Oh yeah. Well, that's the other thing that that's, I make I mean, it worth watching. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it would just it's sort of I'm going to say a shame, but like would have loved to see him finish against a South Africa or an, or an Aussie and and get heaps of runs, you yeah, know, but, against but, New Zealand. But like Ash Barty, it's like you know I've done my thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't I don't need the accolades. I don't yeah. need people coming up and saying, oh, sorry, it's so bad. He should, he has always just got on with the job. Yeah, yeah, that, that just the get farewell's a, been that's just get great. Three, just get a three hundred and see yeah, you later. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lads, hey, hey uh, anniversary today of uh, Sandpaper Gate. Just wanted to bring that what? up. Oh. Sandpaper Gate. Yeah, four, was it four years ago? Twenty eighteen. Uh, we've ago? moved on Something from that. Uh, have, have we? Have we? By the way, Sam, <laughs> the way uh, we treated uh, old mate when he took over the captaincy again, temporary Steve Smith. We have not moved on. Dave on the Timber Post text line. Morning, Steve. Conspiracy theory: Ash Barty will play at the Women's World Cup final and. Open the batting. <laughs> She's been watching and she wants to play. That's Sam that's Hewitt, the Ruben Brady. Thank you, lads. Ten forty-one on mornings. Ten forty-six. Do you think Rod Stewart would appreciate this being called disco? This is, uh, Brian, this is if you think I'm sexy, right? Is that right? Yeah, okay. I'm not saying that for any other reason. I was just thinking Rod Stewart and and uh, and disco just doesn't seem to mix. But there you go. This is Disco Thursday here on Mornings with Stephen McIver. 0800 150811. Or the temper bedpost text line is 8833. Our question of the morning was, do you think Sonny Bill Williams could be a genuine heavyweight contender uh, going forward? Have a wee think about that. Uh, just a note about the Oceania qualifying tournament in in Qatar in Doha excuse me uh, this is of course the All Whites playing They've all their Phoenix guys have gone back but they're getting their European recruits in for their final match uh, group match but they're already into the semi-finals uh, FIFA have changed the format by the way uh, after the Cook Islands and Vanuatu both withdrew because of COVID so both the Cook Islands and Vanuatu were in group A uh, but FIFA have said all those matches involving those two teams shall have de- been, quote, shall be deemed to have not taken place. So that leaves the Solomon Islands and Tahiti uh, to play their group fixture tomorrow morning. That'll be a single playoff to decide who is the winner and runner-up of Group A. So what the runner-up will play the winner of Group B, which will be New Zealand. Alrighty. Uh, New Zealand have already bounced through with Papua New Guinea and Fiji level on three points, again fighting for that second spot. Uh, Oceania, now this is the hard thing for the, the All-Whites. They don't have an automatic qualifying spot. It's been like that for a long, long time. So the winners will play the fourth-place team from the CONCACAF region. And that's sides from North and Central America and the Caribbean region. It doesn't get any. But why are you why are you twitching your eyebrows like that? It's like you. That's like a come on. No, that was no, really mate. I, I know how you feel. It's just like yeah, we roll through this Oceania tournament, right? And then it's yeah, the face of behemoth in the South American. They've sides. done it before. They've done it before. They have done it before. Would love to see them do it again. And it's great to see our best players passionate about playing for the Allies and coming back when they're available. So oh, look, I, I just I, want to see them in the World Cup. Yeah, I think while, you've, while you have Chris Wood there, uh, you are any sort of chance. If you don't have Chris Wood there, I'd be a little bit nervous because Danny's got a very young team. But I, I like, me likey, me likey what Danny Hay is doing with this mob at the moment. And, and I think that's really, really important. 
conspiracy theory. Did you love that that conspiracy theory? That's an awesome Ash Barty conspiracy will play the theory. Women's World Cup final, assuming Australia make it, which they're going to make it, right? By the by, I uh, I actually know Rod Stewart's son Liam, so I'm just wondering oh, if I, I should hit him up. Oh, because he he's, he plays uh, ice hockey, right? Yeah. I'm when so did you when did you meet a name dropper? Clank. <laughs> <laughs> a while ago, mate. Uh, interviewed him interviewed him for Sky Sport actually. Uh, so yeah, I will ask him if uh, he considers a disco. Oh, so you're on actual speaking terms. Hey, mate, it's it's Logan here. Remember me? Or is it not remember me? You actually are I'm mates, mate. I'm going to assume he does. Are you mates? Oh, hang on his, a minute. His, my, my meta, he's mates. I'm assuming he remembers me. No, no, now no. Now the story I was changes. Say, but his moniker is Disco Stew. So there you go. <laughs> You don't, you, you know, you wilt under pressure. Can I say that? You, your your face is too transparent. You wilt under pressure. So you need to work on that one. It's ten forty nine. Quick reminder about the Black Cats versus Netherlands. Yes, McIver was wrong. Uh, no crowds tomorrow at Napier. It's the one off T twenty at Napier at seven. And then Tuesday it's March twenty nine at Mount Monganui at eleven crowds. Saturday April two in the Hamilton two pm crowds. Uh, Monday April four in Hamilton, uh, which one assumes at one pm will be. Ross Taylor's last game. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. 10.55 with Stephen McIver heading towards 11. Don't forget to tune into SENZ every Sunday from 11 till midday for Greyhound Racing New Zealand's Dog Speed. I love that. Hosted by our very own Ricardo Ball. He's joined by experts Mark Rosanowski and Annie McCook. Uh, Don't miss a beat with Greyhound Racing New Zealand's Dog Speed. The loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz, racing's biggest fan. Wait for the horse. Wait for the horse. Hey, Louie, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. How are you going? Oh, well, I've had a coffee, so I'm better. Okay? I know I came in a bit rough rough this morning. I had a case of the Kempies. I was sleeping through my alarm, but I made it on time. So what's what gives today with you, bud? Well, we've got the markets open, mate, for this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always a fun day to wade through and see if we can find some bets. They're racing at Tauranga and Rickerton Park. Um, the Japan Stakes at Tauranga. Interesting runner, Marley Ston, at the top of the market for the Weatherlies. And it's going to be hard to beat if it does turn up. It's had a bit of a break since its huge run down there in the Thorndon Mile at Trentham. Um, so freshened up, comes back to the mile, or stays at the mile, I should say, and... Yeah, if it if it lines up, just we'll just be on um, weather watch to see, you know, make sure the track mm. is okay, and and then we'll watch where Marley Stone progresses to at Rickerton Park. There's the Valachi Downs, South Island Thoroughbred Breeders Stakes, the Group Three for the fillies and mares, and this is a nice race. It's a nice race with a couple of interesting runners, four queens. Uh, Cosia Sano is going to go down and do the riding for Tony Pike. Four queens has been threatening without winning recently. Uh, very similar to a or to a Northern Raider, Irish girl for Kenny Ray and Crystal Williams Tahuro. Um down there been racing at Ellerslie and been racing so consistently. Last four starts, third, third, second, second, and we backed it heavily last start and it just didn't quite get there at Ellerslie uh, on Auckland Cup Day in the first. One more time got the prize that day. Uh up to the mile so not traditionally running at the mile. and It doesn't mm-hmm. have a jockey books, but they have come for it in the market, $4.80 into $4. So Irish Girl, a very interesting runner. We'll watch and see which jockey is booked. And just a bit of a shout-out tomorrow at Harwater, race three. Got a little filly, if I get paid, going around. Jamie Richards trains at Cosi Asano mm-hmm. doing the riding there. So all the best. 
for all the connections in that one. Thanks, man. You know, one day I'm going to have a chat to you about where this passion for horse racing comes from. You, you are like a blimmin' encyclopedia, and I can I can actually just sit and listen. I may not know a lot of what you're talking about, but I got We're going to have this discussion one day. I'm going to sit you down in the studio and we'll talk about it. All right. Love it. Look forward to it, bro. All right. Thanks, Louis. 10.58. Time to go to the TAB. A uh, bit li- on live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Hey, Pip. Hey, Stephen. How are you this morning? I'm good. Everybody's excited about the Warriors coming home and playing against the Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> they could be against the Tigers, the team they play this week. Here's hoping both aren't 0-10. Anyway, uh, what, what's exciting you today at the TAB? Oh, we've got lots to look forward to. And, of course, over the weekend, USC was in Kiwi uh, Kaipora Farks are fighting, and there's a good UFC bonus back as well around that. So you can place a pre-bout head-to-head bet on the main card for the UFC fight night bout, and if your fighter loses by points, we'll refund you up to $50 as a bonus bet, and there has been a $500 bet on him head-to-head at $3.25. So mm-hmm. hopefully Don't Blink Kaipora Farks can get the job done. <laughs> Gotta got love that, eh? Hey? Don't Blink. What else is going and we've got plenty to look forward to World Cup, of course, for the cricket. There's been two and 2.3K on South Africa head to head at a dollar thirty. Yeah. Five hundred dollars on no hundred to be scored in the first innings at one twenty nine, and around sixty four percent of the bets are head to head on South Africa, and five hundred dollars on England at a head to head bet there at one oh three. So someone's taking the really short option. And as far as the NRL tonight, three thousand dollars on either team, twelve or under at 159 so I think that's quite a good bet. I think it might be quite a close game. And then $450 St. George to cover, to start, sorry, with a 2.5 plus at the $1,990. Right. The currently highest bet count on all options. All right, nice, Pip. Have a, have a, have a great Thursday. We'll talk again. That's Pip Morris on the TAB, uh, watching bet live on your favourite sports and racing at the tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. It's R18. Coming your way after 11 o'clock, uh, one of my favourite uh, commentators in the world of rugby league, Warren Smith from Fox Sport. He will look ahead to week number three, of course, which starts tonight. And the Warriors are playing Friday night football against the West Tigers. Gee whiz, don't both those teams need to get it get it started? And also Hugh Bainan uh, talking about the impact of uh, having a few more people in the stadiums as the NBL season approaches. And, of course, we'll be stumping around 11.30, so hold off the phone right now. This is SCNZ Mornings, 0800 150811, the Timber Bedpost text line, double eight double three. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ.
1104 at SNZ on a Thursday nationwide in Aotearoa, New Zealand with Stephen McIver, 0800 150811. The temper bedpost text line is double eight double three. It is Disco Thursday. One man that knows how to shake his booty when it comes to commentary in the NRL and is a good mate of mine and a very one of my fave callers, if not my fave caller, is Warren Smith from Foxport, who I have finally nailed down to chat to me to keep him off the golf course. Morning, Wazza. <laughs> Good morning, Stephen. Look, I, I know I've been around a while, but the BGs, I mean, we're going back to the 1970s. Yeah. I was about 10. Oh, hey, 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 hey. Back in the... That's, that, is a, that is a subtle it. stab. Ouch. That, that one hurt me. Uh, mate, just quickly, uh, what did you make of Sonny Bill last night? Sonny Bill, wow. Absolutely awesome, wasn't he? I mean, uh, the, the physique of the man, he's an absolute colossus, isn't mm. he? And Barry Hall, Barry, now Barry Hall was a very good teenage boxer and then didn't box for, you know, 20, like speaking of going back, the last time I, I did his first fight uh, against Paul Gallen, That's which right. is now two and a bit years ago, and between his first fight, uh, or his, his, that first fight as a pro, and then his last fight as an amateur, it was like 25 years. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus was on the top of the charts <laughs> talking about music. Billy Ray Cyrus was number one the last time before that that Barry Hall had a fight. Wow. So, you know, and then again, two years between fights between Paul Gallen and then Sonny Bill Williams last night. Now, he looked okay against Paul Gallen, but wow. Sonny Bill Williams is something else again. And, you know, as we talk about what Sonny Bill might be able to do uh, amongst the heavyweights in, in the world ranks, and I was always a bit sceptical of that. I don't know that Barry Hall is the best uh, testing no. measure, but boy, you can't, you can't, you can only beat what's in front of you. And Sonny Bill destroyed him last yeah. night, didn't he? It was good, but gee, it was late on the side of the Incredible. Digit, tell you what. All right, let's talk at round three. Starts tonight. Uh, do you think tonight signals whether the Dragons are the real deal? Because we know the Sharks can play footy. You can sense already and see Craig Fitzgibbon's influence on the side. Do you think tonight's a, a that sort of night for the Dragons, or is it too early in the season? Now, I think it's a big test for the Dragons. I mean, they looked pretty good against the Panthers last week. They sort of blown off the park a bit in the, mm. in the first half. Um, but they showed a lot of ticker in the second half. There was a fair bit of resolve about their defence, and then they came and asked some real questions of the defending champs, no less. So I think good signs for them. I still don't know that they're a, a, a convincing top eight team. Oh, but wow. they, if they could fire up tonight, I, I think they're still... Maybe I've got them in that sort of 8th to 10th sort mm-hmm. of range, I think, the Dragons. But if they can produce something tonight against the Sharks, who have looked pretty good so far and were impressive last week against Parramatta, then I might change my mind and sort of maybe bump them up into that 5 to sort of 9 bracket. Wow, but okay. for the moment, I've got them maybe just making, maybe just missing the top 8. I think good test tonight. OK, you guys at Fox have been giving it to the Tigers. Apart from Benji Marshall watching an Arrow 360 <laughs> the other night, and I thought he was very good in, in putting Paul Kent in his place uh, because I thought he came from that player's perspective and understood a lot. And let's, let's just look at both teams. Tigers-Warriors 0-2. Both have got pretty handy uh, Ford packs. Who wins this one? Now, I think the Warriors win this one because I, I really don't have much of a rap. Uh, and I'm with Benji as far as you know, the players staying out. And yeah. Had they been in their rooms, they could have been you know, betting online in South Africa <laughs> and the UK and goodness knows where. So, I mean, you know, what they're actually doing has nothing to, to bear. If they're up till 3am, there might be an issue. But um, yep. I have no issue with them going out and doing whatever they want to. They're grown men, as Benji said, here, after here. all. Here, here. But, um, 
I think uh, I just think they're a, they're a bit light for talent still. The Tigers, um, you know, I look, I go through as you said, decent forward pack, but still, there's nobody in that forward pack who now says to me, I'm a I'm a representative forward. I must be picked for New South Wales or whatever team is being picked on any given week. I, I think they're still. I mean, I like Ikemanu. I think he's a he could be a very much a. a Representative player at some stage in the in the near future, but everybody else is yeah, just a bit sort of off the pace as far as being elite. Or I think the Warriors have got so much ability, so much talent. Um, maybe still, I mean, they, the Warriors got their third halfback in three games. Asada was Sean Johnson last week was Ash Taylor. Now it's Cody Nikarima. If they're going to have some sort of success in 2022, they need some stability in the number seven jumper. So. Uh, all power to Cody Nikarima tonight. But there's a bit of pressure on because obviously the loser of this will be 0-3 and, and Michael Maguire is already under the pump as far as the Tigers are concerned. Uh, Nathan Brown probably under no pressure in reality. Oh, but an I don't know about that. Start. I don't know about that. I don't, yeah. I don't think the owner... What are you hearing? Oh, well, I'm, I'm hearing the owner won't be happy about this. I think I think if yeah, they're 0-4, well, they, the they, the 0-5, 0-6, there might be changes afoot. Yeah, foot. well, that... Yeah, that, that certainly does change things if they go the first month plus without a win. And we saw what happened with Stephen Kearney. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a couple of years ago now, but obviously Nathan Brown's been in charge for a year and a bit, so we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. But it's a massive game for both these cases, quite obviously, because the loser is going to be feeling pretty sick and sorry. And in the case of Michael Maguire, definitely under pressure because a bit like the Warriors, uh, the Tigers' board has shown in the past um, their appetite for sustained failure is uh, pretty limited, <laughs> and they don't usually see out a they don't usually see out a plan. Uh, if there is a plan at the Tigers, if if Michael Maguire thinks he's got a job for a, uh, he knows it's it's a, it's all about wins. If if you win, that takes care of everything. If you continue to lose, then anything is possible in rugby league, and more than likely probable. Okay, the, the the big match you guys are spruiking, even though the Rabbitohs are zero and two, is the Rabbitohs and the Roosters. The third game of Friday night footy, uh, second game, excuse me, of Friday night footy. Uh, rabbits, I, I don't know what's going on there, and I and I don't put it down to not having Adam Reynolds. Yeah, I just thought there was a couple of signs recently in the game against the Brisbane Broncos back in round one. Now this is like just a just a minute moment yeah. in a game, but there was, there was a tackle missed by uh, somebody made a break I can't, off the top of my head, can't think of it. But anyway, the Broncos made a long break, and Keon Kalama-Tungi looked at his, looked at his outside defender and just said, what, what are you doing? Why, how, why did you miss that tackle? I looked really unhappy about it. But, but Kalama-Tungi had been called offside from marker and was out of the play, so he, he sort of didn't do his job by being at marker. And it's just that, like I say, it was one little snapshot, a moment in a game... Yep. But it didn't look like, you know, everybody was like, hey, I'm here for you and you're here for me and we're all on the same page. It was like with that sort of little blame sort of thing happening in a, in a small moment in the game and I was a bit concerned about that. So maybe they're not the, quite the happy camp that they were under Wayne Bennett and obviously, you know, losing Briggs its own pressures. And uh, again, massive game for them because the Roosters bounced back last week. It looked pretty good yeah. in that victory um, after being poor in, in round one. It has to be said against the Newcastle yeah. Knights. But they were good against the Seagulls last week. And you sort of expected they would be with Luke Keary back and Sam Walker um, doing what he can as a, a young superstar. So it's a huge game for the Rabbitohs. And if they are to show something, this is the game to do it. Because, boy, it's the local derby, Russell Crowe and the Book of Feuds. <laughs> 
all of that sort of stuff. Uh, Latrell Mitchell will come out breathing fire. Oh gosh, um, that, that, against his old team. Yeah, I mean, I mean what's going to happen? It, it, it Joey Manu, stay out of the way. Mission alone. <laughs> yeah, Joey. Joey. <laughs> Joey. Boy, that'll be fascinating. The first time those two come together, won't it? Oh, I, I, I was watching uh, some stuff on NRL 360, and and I, I had never seen the reaction in that match last year of Jared Whitey or Hargrave stalking the sideline like he wanted to rip Latrell's yeah. head off, and that and and you know what? Every good team that goes forward and and his talent has an alpha male. They, you know, uh, and I th- I think he, he's their alpha male for the Roosters. Hey, mate, does the bubble burst for the Knights in Bathurst against the Panthers? Uh, I don't know if the, the bubble will burst, but boy, it's a really good test squad, obviously, against the defending champs, isn't it? Um, and, and like I said, they were they were super impressive in round one, the Panthers against the Seagulls last week, very good against the Dragons in the first half. And then maybe, you know, Billy uh, Army Kickout had that jersey presentation, his 100th game mm. on the Friday, the day before the game last week. He came out and he was, uh, he was a bit like Sonny Bill Williams, wasn't he? Um, scoring those couple of tries in the first half. And then they, he was a bit flat in the second half, and so were the Panthers maybe as a result. Um, and it's hard to maintain that intensity. And an interesting game this for the Panthers because, you know, it can be a premiership hangover sometimes, and you can sort of climb to the top of the mountain and wonder, you know, the view isn't quite what I thought it was, and here we are in the early rounds. I'm sure they're 2-0, oh, but, you know, it's the grind, and you've got to do it again and again and again. And having done it once, it's, uh, it's, we've seen in the NRL, it's hard to back up. I mean, only the Roosters in recent times went back-to-back, the first team in almost 30 years to be able to do it. So it is tough. The Newcastle Knights have been really impressed with them. I mean, if anybody has uh, looked like a team that could jump out of the ground and move themselves uh, up the ladder from where they were last year, it has been the the Knights, there's no question about that. And the the surprise halves duo of Jake Clifford and Adam Clune have been really impressive as well. Caelan Ponger, named. We'll wait and see if he's okay to play, but he's certainly been named in the side. I think there are... A really good team. And Tyson Frizzell looks like a player who's back to somewhere near his best after a couple of quietish seasons. So I don't think the bubble will burst. I think they'll give the Panthers a real scare. Um, whether they get the cash or not might be another story, but I like them. I think this will be a terrific game. I think it'll be very close. All righty. One final thought. When does Cameron Munster sign for the Dolphins? <laughs> well, my colleague at Fox Sports, uh, Brayton Astor, uh, is now his manager I and know. has been uh, obviously juggling, juggling his responsibilities <laughs> to his client, but also having to be the host of NRL 360 suddenly. So uh, it's a it's a massive uh, situation there for Braith and Cameron, no question. Uh, I, I've got a feeling he'll stay in Melbourne. I just think... Can they afford it, though? Can they afford issues, it? it well, well, I don't... I mean, that's the thing. I mean, teams somehow find a way uh, in that situation. They've got some some big names coming off contract in the next 12 months. I mean, they are losing Brandon Smith, the Bromwich brothers, and Felice Cafusi at the end of 2022. Mm. Whether that means there's enough room there, and the, the story is maybe there isn't because they've got others you know, who are on increased contracts again in 2023, and the cap is looking a little bit tight already. Um, whether they can afford to pay him what he would be worth on the open market, there's no question he would take unders to stay in Melbourne, but if Craig Bellamy says he's staying and, and yep. Cameron thinks, so, okay, I, I can go somewhere else for maybe $100,000 a season more, but by the time I pay tax and I pay yeah. my manager, Braith, and ask her what he's going <laughs> to review, is, is, it, 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 is that extra sort of forty grand or thereabouts you know, actually worth going to a brand-new club who might take a few years to become a factor in the competition? Or do I stay with Melbourne 
where I know I'm going to get, and if Craig Bellamy in particular says, yes, I'm staying as yeah. well, given Cameron's off-field issues uh, in recent times, he's got himself sorted, it seems. He looks super fit. He looks super focused. Um, uh, look, I'm, I'm tipping him to stay in Melbourne, but you know, obviously the Dolphins' cash uh, will go a long way to saying maybe come up to play with us on the on the Sunshine Coast. I think Was Bellamy's the key to this one. I think he's the, as you have quite rightly yeah. said, the complete key. Are you playing golf today, or are you having to having to work? No, no golf. I've got a lot of work on uh, this weekend. I'm, I'm doing three games. Plus, I'm hosting the Tim Zoo. Uh, fight against Terrell Gosling from Minneapolis on Sunday afternoon. So I've got uh, that. I'll be doing that and then running straight to Brookvale Oval to call the, uh, the Seagulls and the Bulldogs at 6.15 uh, Eastern Australian time. Good man. So it's a massive weekend. I've got, the, I've got Campbelltown uh, tomorrow night, the Tigers and the Warriors, and I've got up the Bathurst for the Panthers and the Newcastle Knights oh. tomorrow as well. So oh. I've so there's no time for golf, Stephen. Oh, well, at least you get all the big matches. There I was, as always, it's a pleasure. Thanks for giving me your time, mate. Take care. Love to the family. Likewise, mate. Thanks for the chat. Yeah, right. There you go. Warren Smith, 11-17 here on SNZ Mornings. His take on some of the key matchups in NRL week number three. He's calling the Warriors-Tigers tomorrow night. That's Friday Night Football at 8 o'clock. You can see that one exclusively live on Sky Sport. On SNZ. on a Thursday morning. It's Disco Thursday. I don't know what you'd call ABBA Disco Thursday, but it's a big song in Nelson. Like, that's a, that's a, like an anthem in Nelson, Hugh Bainan, general manager of the NBL, where he is now bunkered. How are you, Hugh? I'm fine. I was <laughs> fine until I heard that song. You know, I actually <laughs> caught so much abuse on my wedding day because I specifically forbid the DJ from playing any ABBA. Oh! And you've introduced me with an ABBA song. Oh, that's a great <laughs> way to start. Oh, well, about, well, my producer, um, well, well, Logan Swinkles did that specifically, because he just said, I was at that wedding. <laughs> he was, he was, yeah. Hey, um, NBL, not too far away. I, was just, I, I said 300-game season, but there's about a 90-game season plus finals, right? Uh, yeah, so the men's is, uh, men's is 95, yeah, and then we'll have uh, more for the new women's league as well. So about 100, 130 all up. Yeah, which is, which is staggering. Starts April 7, 7.30, Bulls versus the uh, renamed Tuatata. Well, not the renamed. Oh, I'm going to jump in there, Stephen. Sorry, I will, with recent developments, we pushed back the start of the league a couple of weeks ago due to COVID, oh, which I'm oh. sure we'll talk about now. Well, um, so we're now on your April. Site? April 28th. Can you please update your schedule that I looked on, right? Okay, because <laughs> I believe everything that I read. So April 28th. Okay, that doesn't that doesn't matter. Though, you get the Bulls to Atara first up. Uh, most importantly, you've got now just a little bit more capacity for people. They're saying now 200. It, it feels a little tough on you guys. Um, yeah, I mean, well, um, for us, because we pushed back the, the season, I mean, 
judging by the government's announcement yesterday, they said they're going to reevaluate on April 4. Uh, so obviously we've got fingers and toes crossed that on April 4 the, the country will go down to orange, which is the decision that they said they'll be discussing, right. in which case restrictions will be lifted. So everything crossed for that. Um, but whether it's tough or not, I mean, it's, uh, it certainly was not the news we were hoping for. We were hoping for, you know, restrictions yeah. to be lifted, or at least to a, a percentage capacity, which, you know, personally, I think makes a little bit more sense. So some arenas are different, and, you know, 200 people crammed into a restaurant, is that any safer than, you know, 500 people spread out in a in a 3,000-seater stadium? I don't know. Uh, but having said all that, I'm not an expert in infectious diseases or airflows and everything that goes <laughs> into it. I can tell you it's hard enough running a league with, uh, when you have to deal with 10 teams, let alone a country, when you have to deal with all the stakeholders in there. So uh, I'm certainly not going to, you know, um, overly disagree with the government too much. But, yeah, fingers and toes crossed as everything comes together. We've adapted pretty well so far. I've been really proud of all our teams. And to the point where, you know, we won an award for our COVID-19 response in, in 2020 when, when we ran the showdown, uh, the first bubble of its kind. So can I just jump in there? And so you should have been given an award for that? Because I thought that, I thought that was an incredibly sharp move by the league and then to get it on ESPN even better and I mm. believe that 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 deal still rolls through right yeah well, yeah and that's amazing and we're still with ESPN now and who would have thought you know that New Zealand NBL would be live on ESPN in the states every single game uh, on ESPN and all from that that bubble in 2020 the showdown so uh we have adapted well. Our teams, you know, it's, it's been a really tricky situation, obviously, and, and it continues to be because our teams are staring down the barrel of not knowing whether they have crowds or not, which affects their revenue yeah. hugely and how much they can pay their players and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we're rolling with the punches. Um, there's been a bit of luck there. You know, the basketball's timed out relatively well in terms of um, falling into the pretty unaffected year we had last year um, in between lockdowns and stuff like that. So it's been a bit of luck here and there, but it's certainly uh, never a dull day. Hey, um, the fact that you're in, in ESPN, um, I, have you seen an upsurge? I don't know if we talked about this the last time we yacked, with uh, college scouts now getting in touch. <clears throat> yes, we have a lot. A lot. And, you know, Zach Riley was the, the prime example from last year. You know, he started the NBL season still as a schoolboy with a bit of interest from some Division three colleges, some NCIA colleges, junior colleges. By the end of the season, he's off to an NCAA Division one college um, and he won Rookie of the Year in the NBL. Scouts are watching, you know, it's, and the easier you make it for scouts to watch, uh, the better our youngsters are going to do it and the better opportunities we're going to get yeah. over in college. I, I so just, I just certainly noticed that. It is so exciting. But what's more exciting is what's going with the Women's League. Are you at liberty to give me a, te- a tease me a little bit of what's happening with the Women's League? Or are you going to say, no, I'm going to wait for the official announcement? <laughs> I can tell you that next Wednesday yeah. we will be officially launching the league, which has got new branding, five brand new teams that represent all of Aotearoa. Uh, there's a lot of um, every team name and the league name has got Tereo element to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're making it as uh, inclusive as we possibly can. The players are going to get paid um, the same as the men, you know, on par with the men wow. um, for the first time ever in New Zealand sport and um, and potentially even worldwide basketball league. So this is by far the most investment uh, that has ever gone into women's basketball, both in the league sense, the team sense, and a player sense. So we're really excited. We're going to have top Kiwis, the top Kiwi prospects, and we're going to have top imports from around the world because the only Gosh. other league happening at the same time is the WNBA. So everything under that, we've got imports knocking on our door to come and play over here. How much of a sea change do you think that is for the women's game in this country? Oh, it's going to be huge. Absolutely huge. Every game live on Sky Sport as well. It's going to be uh, beamed overseas as well. We've got um, 
we've got um, programs in place so scouts get to see it from across the world. So our prospects are going to love it. I think we're going to see more Kiwi players end up spending their off-season in Europe and, and other places in Australia. Uh, and more importantly than all of that, I think we're going to really, really uh, put a much better preparation in for our tall ferns. Um, you know, who haven't, who've had to go overseas to play high-level high, high level competitive basketball. Well, now they can do it at home um, and stay at home and not have to, you know, grind it out in um, deepest, darkest Eastern Europe and, and stuff like that and some of the leagues that don't pay you at all, um, let alone pay you very well. Now they're going to get paid well at home to play basketball and uh, and it's going to just be such wow. a great sort of inspiration for the, for the next generation. That is such a nice way to finish this interview, but this is even better. <laughs> oh, uh, nice to talk, Stephen. <laughs> Bye, Hugh. Thanks for that. Hugh Bainard, general manager of the NBL, and a huge ABBA fan. Not. It's 11.29. Keep that up. I like ABBA. I'm a huge ABBA fan. Keep that under me for a moment. Um, all righty. Coming up, it's time to try stump with Stephen. <laughs> See if you can stump me, okay? We got done yesterday. I got done yesterday, didn't I? I absolutely cleaned up. Uh, it was a good one. Uh, 0800 That's 0800 150811. Tired to be stumped with Stephen. Play this to the news. Come on now. Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. Yeah, let's go. It's time for Stumped. i got to say, Stephen McIver, I think you're starting to look a bit more comfortable behind those wickets these days. <laughs> you're right. The only time I've ever played cricket was a charity match. I got bowled out first ball. I walked off and threw my bat. I'm not, I'm not a good loser. <laughs> I'm, I can get foul. Should say, I don't play much golf anymore because I don't have enough clubs left. <laughs> <laughs> well... Speaking of being being a sore loser, we had a winner yesterday. Maybe we will again. After grabs is fifty dollars worth of TAB bonus bets plus some sleep drops. Daytime revive. They are New Zealand's only specialist range of sleep and stress support supplements. Joining us this morning at the crease is Murray Mazza from Christchurch. How are you doing, mate? Good, thanks, bud. Oh. Are you right there, Muzz? Yeah, you, you seem yeah, all good. Oh, yeah. I just know just the, the, the lack of excitement. It sort of got me worried. Are you pumped? <laughs> All good. Okay. <laughs> Pumped to get stumped. Here we Pumped go. Pumped to get stumped. All right. This is how the game works. We have three sporting uh, categories to choose from today. Answer all three questions correctly and you win it all. But if you get a question wrong, it's over to McIver for a chance to stump you if he gets it right. Uh, get out within the first two questions, then it's on to the next caller and lying. Get dismissed on that final question. And we jackpot tomorrow. Today's topics are ice hockey, soccer, football, and cricket. Take your pick, Murray. Cricket. Cricket. All right. Really? Really? Okay. Let's go. I mean, it's topical, mate. Cricket. It's everywhere at the moment. It's almost 24 7. Okay, first. In your world. In your, <laughs> Smithy's world, mate. Smithy's world. Cricket is 24 7, baby. Okay, first question for you, Murray. Kiwi-born Dutch cricketer Logan Van Beek will face off against the Black Caps in a four-match series starting tomorrow. Which New Zealand region did he make his first-class debut for in 2010? Canterbury. 
Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Yeah, I was hoping you'd get that, considering you're calling from Christchurch. All right, question number two. It is about the man himself, Ian Smith. In what year did he play his last test for New Zealand? What year? You there, Muzzer? Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking 80... 89. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Stephen McIver, it's over to you for a chance at stumping. Are you talking to me, sir? I'm watching myself and Murph on speed. On, on, on <laughs> oh, my God. We sorry. need to turn all the TVs off in the studio. <laughs> Come on. What oh. year did Smithy play his last test for New Zealand? You've got to work back how old Smithy is, right? So he's got the gold card now. He's got the gold card now? He does have the gold card now. Wow. Yes, he does. Okay. Just recently. So, yeah, no, I think it was the, this just last birthday when I wished him happy birthday. Um, oh, I don't know. Let's try, should we say 92. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Yeah, so we move on to the next caller in line there. Awesome work there. Uh, Scotty from Wellington, come in, mate. How are you going? Good, mate. All right. You sound a lot more lively. Here we go. One question to go. You could win, or McIver wins any, any We Jackpot 2 tomorrow. The Netherlands tour of New Zealand is going to be the swan song for the legendary Ross Taylor. With over 200 ODI matches to his name, how many centuries has he scored in his ODI career? Sorry, can you say that again? Oh, you're cutting out, mate. I'll give you one more shot. (laughs) That's harsh. He's cutting out. Is it, is it 21? Just a couple of chips. Wow. Right in the slot. Oh, right. the it goes. Oh, I'm glad the freaking phone line worked in your favour there, mate. Yes, it was 21. Great stuff. His average in ODIs is 48.2. So, hold the line, mate, and you're going to get some uh, $50 TAB bonus bets into your account and some Sleep Drops Daytime Revive. Nice work. Nothing like Thanks, thing. guys. No, you are more than welcome because, you know, cricket, we would have stumped me most of the time anyway. All righty, there we go. That's uh, Stumped by Stephen, having been stumped. Smithy will be back, we hope, on Monday. We, we think he's going to be. Is he back on Monday? He's back on Monday. We're not sure. Okay, okay, he's involved with the cricket. That's okay. Uh, we still try to ask this question. Logan's going, what is the going on? What is the going on? We know we've got Sammy Hewitt tomorrow because I'm off to do some motorsport and pull for the weekend. Uh, just a reminder, race, Repco Race Control tonight with myself and Murph. Murph is in for the first hour. We'll be talking to Marco Giltrap, the youngster, the 17-year-old, who is uh, currently Fourth in the Toyota 86 series, currently fourth, and and hunting down the leader, Rowan Shepard and Simon Evans. And speaking of Evans, his bro, Mitch Evans, fastest Māori in the world, uh, that's what he calls himself. That's what he says, that's what he says I'm the fastest Māori in the world. Uh, and he is uh, an FE driver for Jaguar, right? Formula E, Jaguar driver. He's in the studio live, and his good mate, Shane Van Giz... <laughs> Here we go. Shane Van Gisbergen will be in around 8.30, I hope. He said he would, he'd do the interview. We're happy about that one. I'll have to get Mitch to talk to him as well. But race control also giving away the Repco beer pong table, right? 
And I know I've called you out, Logan, but I am actually pretty good at beer pong. Or oh, we need one in the office, seriously, because this sounds awesome. No, no, you can't. Well, it would have to be after hours beer pong. You can't, you know, come in here. I have half hammered and playing beer pong. Well, you know what the key to beer pong is? What is it? About having three or four on board and, and wrist action. I thought it's three or four the, beers? Yeah, three or, or four beers. Okay, yeah, three or four chicken. beers on board. Like pool. You get better as you... You think you get better? No, no, it? no. Actually, no. This is the funny one thing. See, for me, when it comes to beer pong, it's about focus. And for some weird reason, holding a ping pong ball and looking at those plastic cups brings me into focus. I love that. This, this, you're in the zen moment. I had that, that moment. Yeah. It's 11.38. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. It's the Great Greyhound Racing New Zealand Charity Run. It sounds like a Tar- Quentin Tarantino movie, doesn't it, that music? Hey, uh, this is SENZ. It's 11.44 with Stephen McIver in for Smithy, 0800 150 or text us on the Temper Bedpost text line, double eight double three. You can join us each week as we try to raise funds for four New Zealand charities, all thanks to Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Of course, the mornings is Women's Refuge. Uh, and now the charity run uh, tomorrow at Addington. Uh, breakfast of picking race number two. Number six, Homebush Tales. That's a pretty cool name. Homebush Tales. Uh, but the morning's pick is race four, number two, and I think this is even better name, Gold Star Butters. Gold Star Butters. Smooth and creamy and slick to the finish line. Yeah, okay. And afternoon's race number seven, uh, number one, Homebush Villa. Homebush Villa. These are cool names for these greyhounds. And, and drives pickers race number eight at Addington and the Greyhounds. And uh, that's race number eight. And it's number one they're picking Glimpse. They are picking Glimpse. Alrighty. And that's all thanks to Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Oh, by the way, before I forget, uh, just a reminder that uh, Mick and Greg, uh, every Sunday from midday, have all your coverage of harness racing action from across New Zealand. That's Sunday's midday to one trots talk, all thanks to the great New Zealanders at Harness Racing New Zealand and whoever um, dresses Michael Guerin. Because he's probably, you know, the, the most one of the most beautiful men on radio when you look at him, isn't he? And that's not I'm, I'm saying that in a manly sort of way. He is just Mr. Slick, is Michael Guerin. All righty, uh, it's 11.45. We'll talk to Staffy shortly, but uh, you've got to ask, uh, Logan, what's going on in the PGA, right? Because if you remember, and I remember this, it was funny. And I, I love this. Is this, is, this, is this a golf tournament? So the throwing of beer and water bottles at last month's Phoenix Open golf tournament has been deemed, quote, unacceptable, and quote, will be addressed by the Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan. See, Carlos Ortiz was nailed with a beer can after making a hole-in-one on a par 316th at Scottsdale. Uh, hundreds of cans of bottles were also thrown when Sam Ryder aced the hole. Monaghan told BBC, the health and safety of athletes and fans is our number one priority. Uh, the Phoenix Open in February uh, has developed a reputation being a party place, which we love. And some players just love it as well, like Harry Higgs took his shirt off, uh, celebrating a 10-foot hole, uh, 10-footer, par putt, and all the fans threw dozens of cans and beer, and his playing partner went one step further and took his shirt off uh, before taking a gulp of beer. You know what this is about, eh? You know what this is about, don't you, Logan? Etiquette. This is about the PGA not accepting uh, the word 
entertainment and what goes with it in certain areas, right? It does seem weird. I mean, let's be blunt. Because when golf is played at such a high level and you see sports, you don't really need to have fans getting involved, right? You know, you just you just think about all those maybe masters are coming up, right? All those masters mm. moments with Tiger and seeing the fans going, yeah, come on, come on, come on, all that sort of stuff, right? It's magnificent. But you've got to at least go, come on, have a bit of fun. Have a bit of fun and see how it rolls, don't you? I mean, when those those beer cans are flying there in Phoenix, does it not just kind of remind you a little bit of, I don't know, like Happy Gilmore? And you have like this party atmosphere and maybe it's something that golf needs to embrace a little more, you know? Oh, yes. It's like Especially, I mean, what are you breaking ex- into the boys club here. What are you expecting when you have stadium tiered seating around a green? And if you're selling uh, cans or cans of beer, See, easier if you have pla- – that's why a lot the of cups. places – Cups, yeah, have plastic cups. They don't they, go anywhere. <laughs> they don't go anywhere, but if they're full, they're full, they just shower people in front of them. I think it's interesting. And the water bottles, right? So what do you do with water bottles? Oh, we can't have plastic water bottles. Well, actually, it's a good idea not having plastic water bottles. Oh, I think it's cool, but this is the old school, boys. This is the old school. Going, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, that's not acceptable. We cannot do this. This is golf. We have a reputation to preserve. I, I, I'm a little contradicted on this one. Because I think they have a point. But once in a while, just let your hair down and enjoy it because we are in the world of entertainment. And if you want to be stiff with your finger up your backside, fine. But I, that that doesn't wash with me. Yeah, I mean, player you know, safety is always of concern. And I don't like the idea of a golfer or caddy or whoever is on the course there getting pelted by a beer no, no, bottle. No, 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 no. But – if it is, you know, let's try and find ways to embrace some fun into golf. Because I do love when you see the gallery just kind of getting oh. swarmed like that. It's just, it's awesome pitches because it's not something you kind of see a lot in golf. Well, the thing is, and, and this is and this is why, you know, they will miss Tiger when he's gone. Well, he's pretty much gone anyway, but he's, we'd like to see him back, give it another couple of years at least. He reinvented golf uh, and, and how he reinvented it from the f- from a perspective of people watching golf. When when Tiger was at his peak, if he didn't play a tournament, the ratings at those tournaments that he was supposed to be in dropped like fifty to sixty percent, right? So if they're going to want to keep their numbers up, they're going to find the next big thing. There are, there are golfers around there, Bryce and Deschambeau. They're trying to you know, build all these sort of uh, rivalries up. But you got to have a golfer that's actually, or number of golfers that are actually kick ass, and they play golf to a level that no one else can match. Uh, don't get caught up in the the old school rules of. Can you imagine if this happens at the British Open? Oh my gosh! Like St Andrews, yeah. St Andrews, <laughs> ah, ah, ah. it'll be. I don't think we're going to have uh, the major here this year. I don't think we want to. I think anyone that uh, gets hit by a beacon, they'll be banned for life. And it would follow you around. So, ah, look, it's all fun. You've got to embrace it. Fans are important. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.